is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, happy Friday, everybody. Let's do this. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Andrew Patterson with you along with Michael Remus. Big show coming up, heading into a very big weekend here on the local sports scene, as well as uh, with all the leagues that we uh, follow religiously here on the program. Jets, Blackhawks tonight, Friday, Saturday, a doubleheader. Well, it's not really a doubleheader because they're both happening at the same time, but we got the Bombers and Alouettes playing at IG Field. We've got the Jets and the New York Islanders coming up tomorrow night at Canada Life Centre. We're going to hit all of it. We'll hear from Coach Paul Maurice. I know a lot of people in chat are talking about the Nate Schmidt presser that Remo put out on Twitter today. Uh, we'll try and have some of that for you a little later on. Uh, we'll get ready for the Bombers and Al's first up with Eddie Tate of BlueBombers.com. And then Jay Zawoski from Madhouse Chicago will join us. going to be an interesting conversation with Jay. I mean, we'll talk about just everything that's happened around this hockey club off the ice. But, of course, what is happening and not happening on the ice and um, maybe how the aftermath of this is affecting the team, especially Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane, who are holdovers from that 2010 championship team. Uh, a little bit later on, we Kirk Contois will pop on from Assiniboia Downs and give us a few uh, picks for the Breeders' Cup. And at the end of the program, you know what it is. It's Friday, and that means a, a new and improved marble race I'll add, I'll dig into the tickle trunk. We'll have a Winnipeg Sports Talk Canadian Club hoodie. We'll have an I Love Rye package. We'll do a DQ cake and uh, maybe even some ice tickets for Sunday and maybe even some bomber tickets for tomorrow's game. So it's going to be quite a bit of fun. Let's get Michael Remus in here to start the program. And uh, Remo, we uh, we have some thanks to give out. Pretty big milestone we uh, we hit yesterday for Winnipeg Sports Talk. Yeah, it was this week, um, you know, we had 1 million combined YouTube views and one and podcast downloads. So I think we got, you know, it's, it's pretty close to half, half and half, but not, a bit more, I think, on the podcast side, especially um, lately there since September. We've been growing, you know, quite a bit every week. And uh, I didn't think that we'd get here this quickly, which is approaching eight months. We've been doing this every day, you know, every weekday. Um, but yeah, it's been an exciting journey and still hard to believe us. This is only the beginning. We hope to be doing this for a while. This is we're very early. So uh, this, is, this is pretty cool. Yeah, we are. This was a big milestone, though, that we were working towards. And I mean, honestly, when we did 100,000 the first time, I couldn't believe it. And then 500,000. I was like, oh, my God. And now, obviously, a big, big moment to uh, to get to a million and uh, on to the next one. Um, but I think just we wanted to bring that up. And most importantly, not just to blow smoke up our own pants no, or give ourselves the Barry Horowitz. Well, no, you, it may be a little bit You need to do that. that on the Internet. Otherwise, no one will know how great you are if you don't tell them. <laughs> okay, so honestly, maybe there is a little bit of that. We are very proud of it. But also because this doesn't happen without some incredible support from uh, two major groups of people. One, you, the listener, the viewer, um, everyone that's with us, you know, daily on YouTube, um, the feedback we get while we're doing the program live is so much fun. Um, and it really has made it special and kind of developed a community for Winnipeg sports fans to kind of get to. Even if we're talking about the Jets, they can be talking about the Bombers back and forth, uh, but just some great characters. Um, but for the listeners of the podcast as well, I mean, just the fact that you guys take the time to make us a part of your day every day, like you probably did back in uh, in another format, 
has been um, so rewarding and has been a big reason why we've been able to keep going and growing. And I guess the other side of it is our sponsors. Um, you know what? I mean, we had jobs before with a big company that was done. And now we decided that we'd go on alone and try and continue this. But it wasn't going to happen if we weren't getting the support um, from sponsors. And it's been amazing. A, a special thank you to Trevor Knott of Not Auto Corp, um, who was uh, the first conversation I had about what we were doing. It didn't take him more than 30 seconds to say he was in. Gerald and Greg at Royal Sports, Andrew Shefchuk at Boston Pizza, and uh, Nick and Nikki from DQ. I mean, before we'd even done a show, they were in with us. Chris Abbott, of course, at CoolBet. And then as we've grown over the last few months, I mean, the great people over at Little Brown Jug, our partners on the spirit side um, at Canadian Club, um, you know, uh, of course, the uh, people at Princess Auto that have been so great to us uh, up until this point, uh, Manitoba Battery, Donnie and the guys, and now Culligan Water to have them on board. It really has been um, incredible to work with all of you. It wouldn't happen without the support of our sponsors and the listeners as well. So uh, here's to uh, here's to the first million and keep on going. And Remo, I think it sets for a very festive atmosphere here on the show as uh, we get into the weekend and uh, what's going to be a real busy weekend for uh, both us and everyone in the chat, everyone listening on the podcast, because you know, they're going to be at probably one, if not more of the games of all our teams playing at home this weekend. Yeah. Sorry. I'll just sound off this, uh, this horn. There we here. go. Uh, yeah. Very busy weekend. My wife's going to be mad when I take over the TV for both weekend nights. That's usually when we catch up on uh, succession Friday and Saturday night. Uh, not, not so fast. Uh, Hopefully she's not listening. So sorry about that, but it is gonna be you know busy weekend. Two Jets games tomorrow. You're gonna need you know two TVs or I use the uh, Shaw you know Blue Curve app on my tablet, and you know I can get a tablet game and a TV, and then you can swap back and forth. So uh, I'm I think it's gonna be great. You know two Jets games back to back. We'll talk about the Hellebuck news, maybe some some theories on that. But the Bombers. We're gonna get a good look at Sergio Castillo. He's in. You know, we're gonna see what the how the Bombers are gonna approach the final five. You know, final what three games here um, of the season. You know, heading into the West final, they got that locked up. And who's Winston Rose is in, but no Hardrick, no Harris. So we'll get into all that with Ed. But uh, yeah, this is a great, great weekend and a kind of celebratory weekend. So stick around to the marble race because it's gonna work. We got we got a new video card and uh, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, and by the way, I'm just looking. Thanks to for all the comments in the chat. Really do appreciate yeah. it. You guys are a big, big part of this every day. Uh, Mark mentions what the great weather for tomorrow. I mean, I, I'm sure I wasn't the only one when I was looking at the schedule to start going, oh, man, that final game, early November, that could be a little chilly. Um, we know it could very well and probably will be that way for December 5th. Uh, but, man, it's going to be relatively gorgeous tomorrow. I mean, uh, getting into the double digits. So it should be great. And I see Pat Canuga. I'm in a Princess Auto parking lot right this second. A little parking lot YouTube action for Pat. Hey, listen, wherever you're consuming it, that's great. And pop in, say thanks to the folks at Princess for their support of us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. So we've got bombers to get to, and we certainly have jets to get to. Um, and, you know, we're going to focus in on the Blackhawks with Jay Zawatsky a little later on, Reem. We will hear from Coach Paul Maurice and... Maybe some of the funny stuff from Nate Schmidt, who met the media with Brendan Dillon a little bit earlier. Uh, but of course, when everyone got to the morning skate, the biggest question, Reem, was who's going to be in net tonight and what is the status of Connor Hellebuck? And first, it was Eric Comrie that came out doing a little bit of early work. And then it was Mikhail Burden. 
and we never did see number 37 pop out. So um, according to the coach, and again, we'll hear this later and more of the updates from Paul Maurice, no Connor Hellebuck tonight. Good news on it, though. I mean, he has been under the weather. That's not good. Still not feeling that well. Not here today. However, he did get tested negative for covid as we mentioned, I believe on yesterday's program with Ken, he did have a pretty serious bout of COVID in uh, August. So it's not back. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's feeling up to it to see him back in the net for Saturday's game against the New York Islanders. But tonight, Eric Comrie gets his second straight start, 2-0 in the season. Another big opportunity for the young Jet Netminder to uh, continue his strong start to the season with uh, so much talk about whether he could get the job done with a great opportunity presented to him in training camp. Yeah, here we got our fancy graphic with the lines. Oh, yeah, by the way, great work on the graphic. On our, that social, is high on end. our social media, yeah, there you go. So, yeah, we're going 11-7, and seven, guys. Uh, Connor Shafley, sorry, not Connor Shafley Wheeler, just rolls off the tongue. Like, <laughs> it's like a reflex when you say Connor. It's Connor Dubois, Svechnikov, <laughs> Stasnikov, Ehlers, Lowry, Shafley, Wheeler, Toninato, Harkins. So this template has, it's not set up for 11 forward 70. It's set up for 9 <laughs> forward 60. So I had to put uh, Morrissey Schmidt, Dylan Pyong, then Stanley, DeMello, uh, Beaulieu, and then Comrie and Burden. And look, I don't want to be a conspiracy theorist or anything, but I was just saying, if I was Connor Hellebuck and I had a newborn and I knew that, you know, I know what it's like the first couple days and... If my work had a policy, if you're not feeling well, to not show up, and you knew, you know, against Chicago, you know, you might want to roll the backup, I wouldn't be opposed to saying, hey, you know what, guys, uh, I got a bit of a sniffle. I'm not going to gonna show up <laughs> while well, you're getting used to, you know, being the first couple days of being a dad, which uh, are pretty terrifying, so... Apparently he's sick though, so he so he didn't show up. But I'm just giving an alternate. Just throwing it out there that I'm, this could be just one of those. Uh, yeah, don't yeah. worry, honey. I'll call in sick. I'll be here for one more day, but I have to get back to the office tomorrow. We've got a big yeah. game against the New York Islanders. Hey, you know, I mean, we're joking, of course, about this. I mean, uh, well, you'd be able to say I have no experience in this, but you want to talk about something that's life-changing, um, you know, having your first child and everything that goes on with it. Uh, it's been a wild week for for Connor Hellebuck, uh, for uh, Andrea's partner, and, uh, you know, yeah. if he needs an extra day, I think everyone will cut the guy a little bit of slack. Although, Remus, I will say this. I think the... I think this conversation might be a little different, at least in the chat, if Eric Conry was 0-2 as opposed to 2-0 and and playing the way he has so far in his two starts. Yeah, Eric. I think Eric Conry silenced a lot of uh, people in chat who've been coming in since the summer saying they're not going to, they're going to go 0 and however many games he starts. And we were like, hey, hey, let's give this guy a shot here. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll wait and see. Sorry, I'm monitoring the chat here. A couple, couple trolls. In there, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's I'm here. I'm it's Friday. I'm excited. And We're gonna I go think, Royal Rumble yeah. style in the chat today. Start getting yeah. many eliminations, getting a few suckers it's, over it's the top rope it's, early. It's possible. I think, um, you know, comedy's been solid. Let's see how he goes. I saw Mitch saying, Don't sleep on Kane and Debrinkhead. I agree, those, those are talented players. And you know, we've seen Patrick Kane have success against the Jets before. And now I just started thinking, you talk about backup goalies having success against Chicago. I remember when Chicago was good, when one of the top teams, Hutchinson would always come in and play pretty well against them. So why can't <laughs> you right, remember Hutch. that? And so why can't Comrie do that? But I'm kind of curious if Hellbuck's, you know, not ready for tomorrow. Um, does Burden get a shot or does Comrie 
get back to back. That is, I'd love to see uh, the Birdman handling the puck at the NHL level. Yeah, well, I mean, the Birdman, I mean, I know a lot of people are excited, and, and I am excited, too, at some point to see Burden uh, in. I'm not sure if he's ready, though. I mean, I think he gave up a four on 17 in his last uh, start with the Moose last weekend. So, I mean, it's not like he's just been playing so well you can't keep the guy out of the net. Um, but honestly, to see him once just for the puck handling and the crazy things that he does in net, I'm sure it would be worth the price of admission alone. Uh, but again, focus tomorrow will be on the New York Islanders. Barry Trotz's team coming in. They blew out the Habs last night. Habs got booed off the ice at Bell Center. I believe it was 5 nothing for the Islanders after the first two periods. Um, and the crazy thing about the Islanders, Remo, just, and again, we'll spend more time talking about the uh, uh, the Blackhawks coming up with Jay Sawatsky in, in a little bit. If you look over at the Islanders, um, you know, they are 4-2-2 two and two on the season. Then you look a little more closely and realize that they're 4-2-2 two and two on the road. They're playing their first 13 games of the year away from their new home at Belmont Park before they open it. Um, so pretty extended time. Now, again, it's in the East, so they're playing games and going back home a lot. They are, in fact, on the road, though, finishing up against the uh, Habs yesterday, coming to Winnipeg, getting ready tomorrow. I always enjoy these games against the Islanders and a little more special when a Manitoba product like Barry Trotz, who's so popular, has done so much in the game, coming back on the bench as well. Looking forward to tomorrow's game. Really, this back-to-back -back is going to be awesome. Yes, I agree. And the Islanders has big night last night in the NHL for guys scoring more than two goals. Brock Nelson had four for the Islanders. Hopefully he used all them up and doesn't have any left uh, for tomorrow. And uh, who else had four? Patrice Bergeron. Bergeron. A lot of people are concerned about him starting the season. Uh, he had four. And Jordan <laughs> Eberle, the first hat trick for the Seattle Kraken. I remember, you know, the last time, uh, not the last time team moved, but for the Jets when, when they moved, it took them like years for the first hat trick. And there's Eberle in like under 10 games. So uh, congratulations to, to them. But a couple notes. And you, know, you talk about Manitobans, you mentioned J Barry Trotz. I do have to give a shout out to Joel Hoffer, who started for the St. Louis Blues and their victory against the San Jose Sharks. So it was a great night in the NHL last night. And usually the Jets play Thursdays, but we do have this, this Friday, Saturday, back-to-back. Uh, -back. And you want to talk about old Jets memories I mean, I mean, I always think about the uh, two games against Washington. What was no. that, 20, 2012? Why Why would you bring that up? <laughs> why would you bring that up? Sorry. That's a little different. It was back-to-back -back games against the same team. I don't think that that's ever been the case in the scheduling over the course of the 10 years, except that moment, and probably good, considering the way that, uh, the way that it ended. Um, but, I, you know, this is... Great opportunity for Comrie. And again, and we'll get into this a little bit more after we hear from a coach, Reem. But as you pointed out with the lines, still running with 11 and 7. And, you know, unfortunately for Christian Veselainen, the fact that Hellebuck is out, Burden needs to be up on the um, on the recall, emergency recall, means that he's been assigned to the Manitoba Moose, so won't be a player for tonight's game. Um, but again, after the game on Tuesday, he was immediately recalled, so I do think he'd be a possibility for tomorrow night. Was the other question is, you know, how long do they keep going with this setup of 11-7? and seven? Um, But right now, it's hard to complain. They've been getting points in all of their games. I mean, really, a streak that dates back really the two regulation losses to begin the season. Since then, you know, if they haven't won outright, they've at least got a point in overtime or a shootout. Um, so, you know, you go in, try and get a couple more. 
uh, and continue this homestand that started with a win earlier this week against the Dallas Stars. Um, just before we move on from hockey and get to football with Ed Tatereem, I mentioned the embarrassment for the uh, the Habs last night. I was talking with Dustin Nielsen and Chris Abbott on the lock shop earlier about the bad beat if you had the lightning last night. Um, uh, you know, in control of the game, essentially done. Victor Hedman, of all people, with the turnover and with the final 30 seconds. A amazing shot by John Tavares to tie it up. And then a winner from William Nylander on the power play. And the Leafs get a big two points, stealing it from the jaws of defeat against the defending Stanley Cup champions who do get a point in OT, but really felt like they let their opponent up off the mat. Yeah, you know, we're going to that game, Lightning as underdogs. I mean, it seems like an easy bet to make. And um, the Leafs had this uh, five on three to start. Uh, Sergachev, I, I haven't heard if he's having a hearing or anything. Did uh, hit Marner up high. I thought was he was a guy, when you see a guy like stumbling, maybe don't go and, and from the side with blindside and drill him in the head. I think that seems like a pretty just like as a as a human being that would be a nice thing to do. But uh, Sergachev did that uh, yesterday to Marner. And, Sergachev did it yeah. to Marner in Toronto against a Leaf. He's for sure getting a call from player <laughs> safety now. So, so if he did it in Winnipeg on like a Wednesday against the Jet, like not no well, one's if getting he, a if, call. If it happened to a Jet in Ottawa, for instance. <laughs> Nothing. They wouldn't even yeah. pay attention. They don't even know that it happened. Yeah, we've they seen but, that a couple times in some yeah. of these games that maybe don't have as much attention on the one last night. I digress, though. It was a bad hit. Seemed to be clear contact to the head. The exact sort of thing that they're trying to get out of the game. So I would be surprised. Jokes aside, I'd be surprised if there wasn't some sort of additional punishment to Mikhail Sergeyev. Okay. Larry Eloy says there was a, a hearing. So I would hope that he would get I mean, that's a clear headshot. But I agree. I mean, we saw headshots last year against uh the jets that no one batted an eye to so um we'll we'll see how it goes but yeah they two five hours ago there is a hearing for an illegal child i don't know if it's in person or phone like do they even do no nah, i'm sure anywhere? it'll be the phone i don't think sergachev has i mean the in person is so they can give you more than five games i don't think oh, okay, he's getting yeah. more than it'll five like games two. for this and i don't think he's got a big track record that would you know he's not rafi torres or you know one of these guys that you know has got a uh got the Department of Player Safety in their call in their uh, in their phone knowing that they're going to be calling because they've done it a few times before. Um, so we'll talk Hawks with Jay Zawatsky heading into tonight's game a little bit later on. Much more on Jets and Islanders later. Uh, but coming up next, we're going to talk Blue Bombers as the team is ready to finish up the regular season home schedule. But you know there's already a game book for December 5th. That's the West Final where the Bombers will be hosting. Before we get to Ed Tate, mention, you know, a big milestone. And thanks to all of our sponsors at the beginning of the program. Um, getting into the weekend, got to get right, got to be hydrated, got to have water services for your family or your business. And Culligan are the experts that have been doing it in Winnipeg for 65 years. Family owned in Winnipeg, Southern Manitoba, with water softeners and filters for your home. Drinking water systems for the entire home, as well as bottled water coolers, bottle free coolers, and water delivery services citywide. And it's not just for your home and your family, for your business as well. You need water there for all your employees, commercial and industrial water products and solutions from the best in the biz, the experts at Culligan Water. Find out more online at drinkculligan.com or visit them at 1200 Sargent Avenue, or you can give them a call anytime at 694-5180. Of course, that is area code 204. Going to give a shout out to my buddy, Mike the Pilot, who sent me a text last night going, Huss, I need a battery. 
Going to go down and see the guys at Manitoba Battery. Great to know they're supporting Winnipeg Sports Talk going forward. Been down a few times. Great spot. Literally batteries for everything. I know our focus right now is the upcoming winter. A lot of cars will be needing a new one. Don't be the guy that waits till it's minus 35 to realize that you need one. Get proactive and get the best price on a battery in town, even without leaving your house. Less than going to Costco or any of the big box stores. Manitoba Batteries got it. <clears throat> $89.50 with Core Exchange. If you pick it up at the store or you can get it delivered within city limits for $109.50 and a $15 recycling rebate when the core is returned. So pop on down on Logan Avenue. See our boys, the maestro, the godfather, ninja, young buck. Great nicknames from the guys. I think the only one that doesn't have one is Donnie. Uh, but they're great people with great products. ManitobaBattery.com for all the information on everything they've got for you. Uh, and of course, big weekend. We were talking about the Bombers getting ready to go tomorrow. The Jets tonight and tomorrow. You got to make sure you've got your gear, folks. And when it comes to uh, supporting your local teams, there's nowhere better than Royal Sports to get everything you need. Maybe a new toque for the blue and gold fan tomorrow. Maybe a new jersey for the Jets fan. One-stop Royal Sports, all you need. Uh, and not to mention, you can check out the NFL, NHL merchandise, much more than just the great selection for our local teams here in Winnipeg. Not to mention the millions of dollars of hockey inventory. They've been the hockey experts in Winnipeg for just about four decades and tons of snowboard gear and other winter sports gear coming in right now. Pop down and see them this weekend. Royal Sports with us on Winnipeg Sports Talk since day one, 750 Pembina Highway. All right, Jay Zawatsky coming up a little later on. We'll talk more about the uh, Chicago Blackhawks tonight's visitors. But let's welcome in our good friend Ed Tate from BlueBombers.com to get ready for the home regular season finale. But still hard to believe one month away from the game that really matters. And that is the one that's for a trip to the Grey Cup. Edward, how are you, my friend? Great to have you on the program. I'm fantastic. How are you, man? I'm doing well. Got that Friday feeling right now. We're feeling good. Lots of excitement around here for both the football team and the hockey team and uh, lots to get to. I know I spent a lot of wind and oxygen talking about the fact that these games were at the same time a couple weeks ago. Won't spend any time that. I will say, though, really impressed that both the Jets and the Bombers were able to uh, pull some strings, work out to really create what's going to be a super Sunday a month from today with the 3 o'clock Western final moved up from 3.30. Jet game moved back from 6 until 7. Going to be like the good old days back on Maroons Road where you'd uh, go to the football game, uh, rip across to McDonald's or Chi-Chi's or whatever, and then hit the hockey game at night for a real doubleheader. Yeah, you're right, Huss. Those are the the, the, the days. Some of the, the, the second game, I did a few of those as a fan too, and I'm not sure that uh, I can remember as much about the second game as I could about the first game, if you know where I'm going with that. Um, but look, if I told you that December 5th seems like forever from now, because uh, all I want to do is go one and zero this week, would that be a little cliche, Hus? <laughs> Jeez, where where did you hear that? Where did you hear that, Ed? <laughs> Someone in the office is that the? Put that the around here a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I'm just focused on tomorrow, Hus. December 5th. We'll get to that when it comes. Well, let's talk about it. I mean, you give us the atmosphere around the club because I know it's a very legitimate question. Once you already, especially in professional football, I mean, you've clinched the home playoff game. I mean, really, everything that happens over the next three games is going to be in the rearview mirror once we get to the finish line of 14 because it's all about that game on the 5th of December. And 
you know, we had Willie Jefferson on last week. I mean, there's a lot of personal accolades and goals that these individuals are going for. But as a team, they've done what they came out to do. Um, and it does create some options for Mike O'Shea as to how he might handle his lineup, his rosters going forward. Um, but it seems like right now, business as usual, at least focusing in on tomorrow night at 6 p.m. in the home regular season finale. Yeah, that's the sense I get too. Uh, you know, these guys have got a good thing going, right? You're rolling along at 10 and 1. And there's nobody that wants to take a, a, a week off, right? Everybody wants to play. Um, I don't think that the guys think about, well, what if I get hurt? I don't think anybody thinks that way. They want to play the games. They want to they want to keep this thing rolling. Now, as to the options that, that Coach O'Shea has, you're right. Um, but I'm not sure that anything is locked in stone right now. It's just... Uh, it's going to be a feel if, you know, the Bombers are ahead a lot tomorrow, then maybe you see the, the bench empty a little bit more. But uh, if it's a tight game, I, I don't think that you'll see a lot of starters necessarily coming out. But that's a feel thing, right? I think that's going to be entirely up to Mike O'Shea and his coaching staff. I, I, I just don't think that this team is going to say we're going to play Zach Caleros for the first two quarters of the first series. It's just it, I don't think that they're going to get uh, – anything concrete like that but it 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 does make this team kind of a fascinating study over the next three weeks right because um you want to stay sharp you want to stay honed in and you want to be as they always say peaking at the right time and that includes uh the last game of the year against calgary in calgary and uh, and and so that you set yourself up for the, the West final and there aren't any, you know, concerns about rust and all that stuff. I think this team is going to put, keep its foot jammed down on the, the gas pedal. Yeah. And, and I mean, certainly that's what it seems like for today and then tomorrow. Um, and as you mentioned, that's the focus right now, but do you get the sense that that is essentially the way things are going to be through the month of November, or is it all up for discussion? Uh, listen, one guy, a key player could get hurt in a freak accident. Right. And it could maybe change the equation, but Right now, that's your understanding of the way Mike O'Shea, who is the the guy calling the shots, is feeling about this final month of the season. Yeah, it's hard to know. I, mean, I, I think that we're really in the, the the window of week to week, and so I think what happens tomorrow um, is is their their most important focus. I don't I don't know if he's thinking ahead that much further that you know uh, Sean McGuire will get a start or that they're, they're going to rest these guys and, and, and bring up these guys in the practice roster. The other thing that's in, in play here that people shouldn't forget is that there's a salary cap component. You can't just, you know, empty your practice roster and, and, and put a bunch of your current starters on the injured list or protect them somehow, because that costs you on the, on the salary cap. So I just don't think we're going to see a whole lot of wholesale changes. What we might see in the course of a game is more snaps for for a Johnny Augustine, more snaps for uh, Sean McGuire. You know, maybe Theodric Hansen takes more reps at defensive end, and and Willie Jefferson gets a quarter off. Those kinds of things. But to try to nail it, any of that down, Huss, it's almost impossible because there's just a competitive edge to this team. Not that there isn't in other teams, but I really think that there there's a lot of guys in that room that that want to finish thirteen and one. Well, I mean. Dude, we had we had Willie on last week, and I said to him, "I'm like forty-five nothing. It doesn't get much better than that, does it?" And he's like, "Well, you know, we gave up a few first downs. 
that yeah. we uh, we didn't like. I mean, like the guys have set the bar very, very high. Um, and you know what? That is a good thing. Well, and let's talk about some of the new faces in the lineup this weekend, because I think one of the more interesting things about tomorrow's game, Ed, with pretty much everything set in stone for what's going to be happening in the playoffs is how this team will be looking and maybe changing as we get closer. Let's talk about the two big additions from a couple weeks ago that will be in the lineup Sergio Castillo in the kicking game. We've spent a lot of time talking about special teams this year. Uh, and of course, Winston Rose, who was such a big part of 2019. It looks like he's going to be back and getting some significant playing time. Okay, right. So let's talk about Castillo first. Um, I suppose there was an outside chance that Ali Murtada could still have been the kicker this week because he had a you know a good game before the bye week. But the first day of practice that we saw... Um, you know, at the very beginning of practice, Castillo was out there. And I don't know if he's been kicking in Amarillo, Texas, where he's based. I th- he said he was, but he came out and nailed all five of his kicks. The fifth kick went off. The, it was 55 yards out. It went off the crossbar and in. So for in my mind, I'm watching that and thinking, okay, this is the CFL All-Star from 2019. He's 91% field goal kicker that year. You got to play him. You don't make a trade for him to have him watching. So that that uh, that one was a no-brainer. I think. Well, there the was other some... thing, Ed, just on just yeah. on that, the other thing that you know, I, I was thinking about the same thing. Like you know, maybe he's not entirely ready to go. They give Ali another other game, but let's not forget this is the final home game. Um, so yeah. I mean, if you don't play in this game for Castillo, uh, essentially you're only kicking in that stadium and practice until you're doing it for real in the game that really counts in, on the fifth of December. So. I mean, I think that even if they were going back and forth, just the opportunity to get out there, get more familiar with the new home stadium, uh, you know, after a few um, pit stops around the world before coming back to Winnipeg was important for Castillo and makes a lot of sense from a, from a management perspective. You know, you, you make a good point, Huss. I think that's bang on is that, uh, you know, a, a guy needs to get used to his home building, right? And as you say, December 5th is, is a big one. And, Maybe he needed to, more than just to practice in, in a game. You need to see the markers that you aim at when you're kicking and, um, you know, get used to the whether the wind is swirling or not and those kind of things and just get used to kicking in the cold again. So that's a good point by you on on Castillo. The other one about Rose, um, I suppose, too, just like the Murtada versus Castillo situation, there was some debate about whether he would uh, would play right away. But to me, that was answered again right on the first day of practice. He was out there with the starting unit. Um, he was at his old spot uh, on the on the uh, the boundary corners, the short side of the field, as they say, beside Deatric Nichols, and they moved DeAndre Alford to the other side. So to me, that was answered right away that, uh, that Rose was going to play. And again, sort of similar to the Castillo situation, uh, you know, he was on the practice roster in Cincinnati, but he's he needs some game action too. We got to find out whether he still, you know, knows how to read the the markers on a CFL field and you know get used to the personnel again. From what I understand, it's been a, a very quick transition. But um, uh, again, you don't add two all stars and then rest them. So, you know, th- this this team has gotten better on paper, and, and those guys need to play, and that's what we're going to see tomorrow. Well, and those guys we assume will be big, big parts of this team in the Western final and hopefully in the Grey Cup game as well. 
Um, tell us about the other two guys that are being activated. Kevin Brown, you know, came over earlier this year. It's been a guy that I, I mean, I'm trying to think of how much playing time he's had before. Certainly hasn't been a mainstay, I would say, Ed. And then the other name that I don't think many fans are familiar at all with is wide receiver Brendan O'Leary Orange. Fill us in on the other two guys coming into the lineup. Kevin Brown is a guy that uh, joined the Bombers after being released by Edmonton this year. He played in Ottawa, a veteran uh, linebacker. Um, from what I understand, really solid on special teams, and that's maybe why he was kept over Jantrell Rockmore, who was released. Um, uh, Kevin Brown can play. You know, he, there's another guy that might get a lot of defensive snaps in the in the final three games here, is that they want to take a look at him. So, I think he was added for primarily for depth on special teams, and um, it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets defensive snaps. As to O'Leary Orange, you know, he's a, a bomber draft pick, a guy that played in the States. They were really high on him. He's big, very quick, got good hands. He got hurt in training camp, and to me it really set him back quite a bit. Uh, you know, he was a guy that was probably, if he had stayed healthy in training camp, might have been on the roster right, right away. But um, it's taken him a while to get healthy. It's taken him a while to get kind of back up to speed. Um his dad is Doyle Orange, and older fans might remember him from the from way back in the 70s playing with the uh, Toronto Argonauts. So he's still an intriguing prospect, and, and this will be his first game. So it's going to be kind of exciting to see. I guess he'll just run around on special teams. But again, if they decide to dip into their bench in, a, in different situations, he might get some snaps on offense. Uh, the two guys that I think everyone was interested as to how they were feeling this week was uh, Andrew Harris and, of uh, of course, mm-hmm. Uh, up on the uh, up on the offensive line, um, Jamarcus Hardrick. Now, Harris, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Ed. Ah, you know, if there's any player that I think they could probably afford to just, you know, let them take it easy, um, it's Andrew Harris. The guy's got absolutely nothing to prove. I mean, we know the competitor that he is. I'm sure he'd love to be out there. But, I mean, if there's one guy that it's all about the 5th of December, I would say that's him. Uh, but maybe just give us a little update on both of those players, where they're at right now. And certainly with the loss of Hardrick, what that means to the offensive line with the incredibly important job of keeping Zach Caleros upright and with a clean jersey. Right. So I'll we'll start with Jabarcus. Uh, he's been at practice all week. He hasn't taken any reps. And uh, today at walkthrough day, he was as engaged and loud and proud as ever. It's so I think he's fairly close. That's the, the word I get. And, and, uh, when he returns, he'll go back to his right tackle spot, which would move Pat Newfeld back into the guard spot. DeMarcus was having a hell of a year before he got hurt, and he's such an important part of what they do in pass protection and also pounding the ball. So uh, he won't play tomorrow, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's back in the lineup soon. And you're bang on about Andrew Harris. You know, there's a guy that – and I think Willie Jefferson might fall into that um, mold too. Those guys that are just uh, – uh, genetic freaks of nature, right? I mean, you could probably, you know, just uh, on game day, a couple hours before kickoff, kickoff, walk into Andrew Harris's house and wake him up, say, okay, it's time to go. And I bet you he'd go out there and and just be as snarly and competitive as ever. And I think the same thing would apply to Willie. You know, he'd wake him up from a nap and and let him go get it. So, um, but you're right. In terms of what they might do with Andrew, I think it'll they'll wait until he's absolutely 100%. Now maybe he could dress for a game near the end of the year and and play a little bit, but uh 
I don't think they have any concerns about uh, whether 33 will be fired up on December 5th. No doubt about it. And I think there's a positive to it as well because, I mean, Brady Oliveira is showing that he has a very bright future ahead of him in the Canadian Football League and with this football club. And, you know, with the West already clinched right now, I mean, to me, this is... This, please, let's give the young guy the opportunity to get some experience to carry it. You never know if you'll need it in the playoffs, depending on what happens with Harris. But for the long term, getting reps, getting opportunities has been great. And to Oliveira's credit, he really has been making the most of the opportunities since Andrew Harris went down. Yeah, well, and we shouldn't forget Johnny Augustine too, because he'll get some. He'll probably get some work down here down the stretch here too. Uh, I was looking at some of the CFL numbers, Huss, and, and William Stanback, who the, the Bombers will play tomorrow, he's the leading rusher in the CFL. He's had five 100-yard games this year. And the, there's two other players who have had two 100-yard games, and it's Kadeem Carey from Calgary and Brady Oliveira. And, and people forget, you know, Brady's been – he started some games and watched some games and come in and relief for some games. But I think he's – eighth in the CFL, or maybe uh, maybe he's dropped down a little bit, but he's in the top 10 rushing in the CFL, and that says something for a guy that uh, did spend a lot of time on the sidelines watching Andrew Harris when he got healthy again. So you're right. it's uh, Man, it's good to have uh, so much depth at that position, and it's Canadian depth, and uh, it's what they do, right? The Bombers play this bully ball, as they like to call it. You own the line of scrimmage. And uh, if it's not Andrew Harris and you can turn to Brady Oliveira or Johnny Augustine, man, what a luxury to have. Well, and, and, you know, I'm glad you brought up Standback because, um, you know, from a defensive perspective, it's going to be interesting to see what the Montreal Alouettes look like. I mean, I, I joked earlier this week that Trevor Harris was probably all excited to get traded from Edmonton until he looked at the schedule for the Montreal Alouettes and realized that he had to play this defense a couple more times. Um, yeah. you know, he hasn't had a lot of success against the Bomber defense this year, but no one really has. But stopping the run game, I mean, this is a running game that's far more potent than I think anything that they've really seen so far this year, Ed. Yeah, the Alouettes are lead the league in rushing, and, and normally we would be saying that about Winnipeg, but the Alouettes do... And they do pound it. And as uh, uh, Richie Hall, the defense coordinator, said earlier in the week, they stay more committed to the run throughout a game than uh, any other team other than Winnipeg in this league. You know, there's a lot of teams that fall behind early and, and then the running back is, uh, he might as well be standing on the sidelines in a ball hat, right, for all the work he gets. Um, it's going to be interesting because the Bombers, uh, especially early, had shown some vulnerability against the run and it's changed lately. I was looking up some numbers. I was just working on this uh, before I came on with you to to put in my, our game preview. So I think Stephen Richardson is really stole Richardson's really important for the Bombers in terms of stopping the run. So in the five games with Stove in the lineup, the Bombers are giving up an average of fifty two point eight yards rushing, and in the six games without Stove, it's hundred and fifteen point two. So it's twice as much yardage against the run surrendered when Stowe wasn't in there. So that's why he's such an important figure in the middle of their defense. And uh, we'll see what they they bring against uh, Standback tomorrow. Because I don't know if you saw it earlier in the week, uh, Herb Zerkowski, uh, my pal from the Montreal Gazette, uh, had a piece where some of the Alouettes were beacon a little bit about them being a better team than Winnipeg. And they know their their record is flawed because they beat Edmonton three times and Blah, blah, blah. So it, I don't know if it, teams are still into the bulletin board material, but I, I found that one pretty interesting. And there's good, that's another thing that might be a, a little side story to tomorrow is to see how the Bombers uh, 
to play to maybe uh, quiet some of those guys from from Montreal. Yeah, just remind them to, uh, you know, at the end of the game, they can take a look at the standings again. But you know what? For Montreal, it's a big opportunity. I mean, if you want to, uh, I mean, they're right in the middle of a dogfight. Any of those three teams, I think, right now could conceivably come out of the East. Um, potentially, if you're going to come out of the East, you're probably, at least by the numbers right now, going to have to beat this football team in the end. And, you know, to have back-to-back games against Winnipeg, I mean, a great measuring stick for Montreal, who looks like they will be a playoff team. Um, but man, if they could get some confidence against Winnipeg, I think that would go far for them when it comes to matchups against Toronto and or Hamilton when it comes to the playoffs in a couple weeks. Yeah, the East is really interesting. So Montreal clinches a playoff spot if BC loses tonight or and if BC wins and Montreal uh, wins tomorrow, they're in the playoffs. But the East is really juicy. I, I love what's going on down there because usually – it's, uh, you know, we're already talking about a crossover. I don't think there's going to be a crossover this year. And I don't see a, a lot of difference between Toronto, Hamilton, and Montreal. And that's going to be fascinating because, uh, um, you know, each team is sort of different in its own right. And, and you're right about Montreal. If they, you know, play well against Winnipeg or, or beat Winnipeg in one of these next two games, that's going to serve them very well. But the way they're built um, is interesting too, because they're very similar to Winnipeg. You know, they pound the ball um, with stand back. Um, they've got. We'll see what Trevor Harris can bring to the passing attack. I'm not sure if Vernon Adams will be when he'll be back. That will be interesting to study. But their D line gets after it too, and then so there's a lot of similarities between what they do and what the Bombers do, and uh, that's what again another s- sort of sidebar story to the next couple of weeks for Winnipeg is the is just to see who can own the line of scrimmage. Eddie, this has been a great chat. Looking forward to tomorrow night. Um, And while certainly, I mean, we're getting some nice weather, all things considered. I mean, early November with a night game. Um, (laughs) Mother Nature, I think, is a Bomber fan this year. We'll see if she can come through a month from now. Um, But tickets going going well for that December 5th game. I know it was a real nice bump. We're hearing a ton of people in the chat saying, I'm already in. I've got their ticket, but uh, still on sale right now. And I know that'll be a big, big push for the Bombers, really beginning on Sunday once this game is in the rearview mirror, focusing on filling up that stadium for, um, you know, the first West final in Winnipeg in our lifetime. Well, remember how old I am, Huss. Yes. Okay. Well, so at least mine. But yeah, you, yeah I've yes. been a couple of years. I think 72 was the last yes, time that there was. was. the last time. Yeah. So I was... Uh... I'm really, you know how bad I am at math, but I know that I was eight years old in 1972. So, um, yes, it's been a while. And even in the East Division, it's, you know, 2011 and 2001 are the last two East Division finals here. So it's going to be a special day. And and you're right. Uh, Mother Nature is looks like she's going to do us a favor uh, tomorrow. And let's hope that she's still a Bomber fan for December 5th, right? Because... Uh, she kind of owes us. There's been a lot of games here where there's been lightning delays and cold days and wind and the snowstorm against the Alouettes in 2019. She owes us. Let's go. Hey, uh, just on the way out, really enjoyed the long read you did on uh, Brandon Alexander. Uh, folks haven't seen it. It's at bluebombers.com. What an interesting guy off the field and uh, a dude that is just absolutely coming up big game after game at that safety position for the Bombers. Well, I appreciate you giving the plug for the story. He's always fun to talk with um you're right. He's got his music career, which we didn't touch on in the story. He's a really well-read uh, person, but uh, it, just his communication skills. When when he you sit down and he was explaining to me the safety position in Canada and how, and how it works and his 
um, comfort level at that spot. And it, 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 he was fascinating to, to, uh, to listen to. And I hope uh, I could turn it, turn it around into words there for people to enjoy. So, yeah, he's been a dynamite at that position. The, the secondary has just changed dramatically with him in the middle back there. Eddie, looking forward to the game tomorrow night and I cannot wait for the 5th of December. Uh, good luck to the Blue and Gold. Thanks for doing this. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Right on, Huss. Appreciate it. Have a good day, man. Good stuff. Follow him on Twitter, folks, at EdTateWFC and check out all Ed's work covering the Blue Bombers and the CFL over at BlueBombers.com. All right, Jay Zawatsky coming up from Madhouse Chicago. We'll talk more about the visiting Blackhawks for tonight's game. Lots of stuff happening off the ice with that hockey club and uh, a lot of things happening on the ice with the exception of wins. Just one win on the season so far. So we'll get to that with Jay Zawatsky in just a second. Um, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you, we're, we're going to do, uh, we do have the debut, speaking just of bombers, of the Milt Stiegel commercial for not autocorp we'll save that for after our next segment um do want to thank princess auto though for their support of winnipeg sports talk the gang at princess auto big supporters of curling in the community was watching the grand slam last night um the two princess auto teams mike McEwen's team going at it and a great all manitoba matchup between jen jones and tracy flurry of course, the focus for the curling world and for Princess Auto is going to be in Saskatoon in a couple of weeks where we'll see who becomes the uh, representatives for Canada at the Olympic Games. Uh, of course, Princess Auto, much more than just a great supporter of curling, massive business around Canada, family-owned, started right here in Winnipeg, headquartered here in Winnipeg with two locations in Winnipeg where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Heck, Pat already said today that he was literally listening to us in the parking lot of Princess Auto earlier today. Everything you need to start the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Visit them in-store or online where you can shop all the great deals 24 hours a day at princessauto.com. The weekend's here. Big one tonight with the Bombers, Bomber, or sorry, with the Jets, Bombers and Jets tomorrow night. You know what makes a, a Friday night even better? Uh, a ice cold 1919 from Little Brown Jug. Um, just about to celebrate five years as um, really a leader in independent brewing here in Winnipeg with the famous 1919. But they also have the winter variety pack available at your local beer store or downtown at the brewery on William Avenue. Check it out if you haven't had it. Patio is still going too. Got the heaters outside. Side. This is going to be a nice, what, nice uh, time. If you are a patio person, definite fall vibes. Try the new double. We had it when we were there last week. Um, of course, check out everything Little Brown Jug has going on at their website at littlebrownjug.ca. You can also order for delivery citywide. And as I mentioned, pop down if you haven't seen it. Just a great spot to get together with friends and get the great taste of Little Brown Jug. And whether it's tonight or tomorrow, the BP lounges are going to be packed tomorrow. I mean, you don't know, should I go to the hockey game? Should I go to the bomber game? Well, the best place might to be is just sitting down in front of both games at your local Boston Pizza Lounge. Chow down on some great pizza, Boston's wings, some ice-cold schooners, and the big game always on the big screen with sound. Although I guess they'll have to figure out. It might be a battle for which sound they put on tomorrow uh, but your local boston pizza great spot to do it and if you're staying home hit them up at bostonpizza.com and order for delivery all right really looking forward to uh, welcoming in our next guest um, if you follow the chicago blackhawks you certainly know about the madhouse pod jay zawatsky's been following the team for a long time and i will admit um you know we'll talk about some of the things happening off the ice but after a particularly poor loss 
I made a point of jumping on and catching the emergency edition of the Madhouse after uh, a tough start for the Blackhawks, which has produced only one win so far on the season. Let's welcome him in. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Zawoski, and you can follow the Madhouse Pod at Madhouse Pod on Twitter. Jay, what's up? It's great to have you here in Winnipeg on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? I appreciate it. Sorry for the mix-up there. <laughs> hey, no problem at all. Um, you know, I mean, I, I there's so much to talk about when it comes to this team, and not a lot of is, is a lot of lot of it is good right now. Um, it was. Uh, you know, pretty incredible run from 2010 through 2015 with the three Stanley Cups. But, you know, for someone that's followed and covered this team so closely, I've got to ask you about what the last few weeks have been like, um, you know, following this team and the big story, which really has had nothing to do with the miserable start on the ice. Yeah, you know, it's it's odd that a season that's gotten off to such a horrific start has kind of been the back burner story about the Blackhawks all season. Uh, started slow, then the uh, findings of the investigation came out, and all focus, rightfully so, went away from hockey. People really dug in. People were really invested in what was happening with that story, and that kind of overwhelmed the news cycle. Uh, start The hockey part is starting to come back a little bit. Uh, they were able to get their first win the other night over Ottawa and then had a 3-1 lead over Carolina that they uh, gave up in the third period. Uh, so the, the hockey focus is starting to come back a little bit, but uh, every day, you know, Rick Westhead and the other reporters like Katie Strang, who have done such a great job uh, covering the Kyle Beach situation, have there, there's something new every day that we all have to stay on and they just will not let the story go, nor should they, nor should they. This story should not go away like the Blackhawks would like it to. Uh, hopefully they stay on this and, and Kyle Beach gets what he deserves and more because uh, it's just a horrific, disgusting story that is truly, for a lot of Hawks fans, ruined the legacy of the greatest dynasty this franchise has ever seen. Well, I, I wanted to ask you that because I can tell you here, I mean, it's been emotional. It's been heavy. I mean, certainly with Kevin Sheveldayoff's uh, role and his involvement, the meeting with the commissioner, it's been a huge story in Winnipeg. And at times it's been tough to talk about. And, you know, it's difficult, you know, to sometimes transition from these real serious human stories to, uh, oh, what's going on with the third line or the fourth line and some of the more trivial <laughs> yeah. things that we talk about, but we end up doing it. But I, I'm I'm interested to know from your perspective, I mean, you're very close to the fans. You hear from every day. I mean, average Blackhawks fans, how is this affecting them? You mentioned that, you know, taking putting a bit of a tarnish on those, you know, victories from a decade ago. But I mean, right now, how are Blackhawks fans feeling about, you know, not what's happening on the ice, but, you know, being supporters of a team for all these years that, you know, has had this going on in the background. Yeah, it, it's been hard for everybody. And I will say we haven't gotten any of the people that truly don't care. We have people that have said they're done with their fandom. They can't possibly root for this organization anymore. After, look, it wasn't just this. There's been the Akeem Aliou situation that was happening almost concurrently with what was happening to Kyle Beach when he was in Rockford. Uh, there was the Patrick Kane rape allegation uh, from 2015. There's been the Garrett Ross situation in Rockford. There's just been a lot of this sort of stuff happening in the organization. And for a lot of Hawks fans, this feels like the last straw. Now, if the Hawks were 9-0, and would people be a little less angry? Probably. But the fact remains that you know most people – at best, have really struggled with their fandom and are saying, I'm having a really hard time just turning on the Hawks and watching a game and not thinking about the failures of the organization. And then the recent failures, 
of Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane in some post-game press conferences where they were more concerned about, you know, how they felt about Stan Bowman and, you know, Jonathan Taves saying, like, uh, someone's life shouldn't be ruined for one mistake. Well, you know what? A young man's life was ruined for the failures of those men who were let go. So there's been a lot of sort of tone-deaf stuff happening around it. It's just been from top to bottom a really, really disappointing season on and off the ice. And, you know, the on-ice stuff doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. We knew this team would be maybe, if all things worked out perfectly, uh, a playoff team, maybe just on the outside looking in. Right now, they're a total disaster on the ice. I, I don't know. Now that Sam Bowman's gone, I don't know who Jeremy Cowlton has in his corner as a head coach. But Kyle Davidson, who's the interim GM, I don't know what kind of power he has either. Is he allowed to fire and make trades right now? I don't know the answer to that. So for the time being, this is what it's going to be for better or worse. Jay Zawatsky from the Madhouse Chicago podcast following the Blackhawks with this year on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Um, you mentioned those comments, which you know did come across as a little tone deaf, I think, from both Taves and Kane. Um, I wonder, what's the day-to-day like for them right now? I mean, are they getting asked about this every single time they're in front of a microphone? Have they been talking very much other than those first statements? And how is that affecting them? I imagine, I mean, this is something that must be heavy on them because it's never really, it's omnipresent everywhere this team goes. That's what people are talking about. And they're looking straight at those two. Yeah, well, and they should. Those two were big leaders of that team in 2010 when this was happening to Kyle Beach. And look, If you read the report, Kyle Beach talks about everybody knowing. He talks about being bullied on the ice and off the ice by teammates. So, you know, for all the praise Jonathan Taze received for being the air quotes greatest leader in hockey, he failed a teammate and didn't deem Kyle Beach important enough to worry about. And if you want to give Taves the benefit of the doubt and say maybe he didn't know, maybe he truly didn't know the scope of what was happening it doesn't mean now 11 years later that he makes the same tone deaf comments. I So both guys, Kane and Taves have spoken since their initial comments, which is the day the report came out. Patrick Kane, I think that was last Tuesday, the day the report, the, I'm sorry, the day Kyle Beach spoke was last Tuesday. Kane was in the COVID protocol then, but wanted to speak via zoom to reporters. Taves met the media after the game. That's when they both made their sort of tone deaf comments since then, both have spoken this week, sort of backtracking and saying, you know what, I sort of regret the way I came off. I wasn't sensitive enough to Kyle Beach and what happened to him. Um, and whether or not that was Hawks PR getting to them or them sort of realizing through the criticism, like, wow, yeah, that really was bad. They have sort of backtracked. But beyond that, they haven't really had to answer questions every day. They're not made available every day. Uh, that's one part of it. Um But for the most part, I think the focus has sort of shifted to hockey here. They've had their chance to make the comments. But I think for a while, every time those two are in front of a camera, they're going to hear something. As long as the news cycle keeps kind of refreshing, like Bradley Aldrich's name was taken off the cup and there are settlement talks and all these things. Every time the story is refreshed, these two guys are going to have to be asked about it. And sorry, those are the consequences for your negligence and for your lack of leadership and for not sticking up for somebody when you should have. Uh, Jay, those guys are synonymous with those championship teams and the team right now. Um, Kane on the ice, certainly if you look at the numbers, five goals, 11 points in seven games has been productive. Uh, Everyone was wondering what would this, what would Jonathan Taves look like coming back after missing last season? Uh, Still yet to score a goal, six points. Um, How's he looked on the ice? And I have to ask you from what you've seen recently, um, is this weighing on them? Is it affecting what we're seeing uh, from performance when they actually drop the puck? 
it's hard for me to really know what the impact is uh, when they get on the ice. I don't, you know, I don't think Jonathan Taves is in the faceoff circle or on the power play thinking about what's happening um, with the Kyle Beach situation. But um, you know, it, it's it's pro- kind of omnipresent at the same time, right? You look around the arena, you see some empty seats that none of these guys are used to seeing. Um, so that it's it is they're always aware of it. I think it's is the way to say it. As for the way Taves has played. Uh, you could tell he's shaking the rust off a little bit. He's certainly not been bad. He's looks like the same two-way player. The puck just kind of hasn't gone in for him. He's gotten his opportunities. He's been a little more passive than I would like. He's kind of uh, opting to pass more than shoot, and I think hopefully that will start changing soon. Uh, but as the season's gone on, he's looked better and better on the ice. So I think it's just a matter of getting his conditioning back, getting his timing back. Remember, it's been over a year since he'd played. Uh, so it, it was a big adjustment coming back. But uh, in the preseason, he looked really strong against, obviously, you know, lesser competition. Um, but I, I think overall he's been okay. I think we're looking at probably a 40-point guy at this point in his career. He's not going to be the same guy he was before. Even before he got sick, he was not really the same guy he was during the dynasty. Um, but, look, he's your number two center right now. I think he's fine in that role. And uh, hopefully the puck starts going in for him. You know, part of the the reason, again, we haven't talked much about it because of the Kyle Beach story has taken over everything. But, I mean, this horrible start, I think, was more surprising because of all the aggressive moves that Bowman did make over the course of the offseason. You get Marc-Andre Fleury coming in to solidify the goaltending position. And you make a huge trade and a massive financial commitment to Seth Jones to be that number one blue liner going forward for the next decade in the Windy City. Um, it hasn't worked out with many wins so far, but then what can you tell us about the way the newest key members of the Blackhawks have looked so far at the beginning of their t- tenure? Uh, well, Mark, both guys got off to a slow start. Um, Seth Jones's first few games were not great. I think he's putting a lot of pressure on himself to live up to that contract and to live up to that trade. And I promise you, Seth Jones heard all of the criticisms from all of the um, people this summer calling him a second pairing guy, not worth the money, all those sort of things. Uh, he's got a lot of pride. He works hard. He, he wants to be good. And I think early on he was trying to do everything. Since then, he's settled in and has been really solid. A uh, ton of assists. I think he's second on the team in scoring right now behind only Patrick Kane. Uh, you're seeing why they were so aggressive in getting him, the speed, the size, the puck movement, the physicality. He kind of is the total package. Now, is he – Victor Hedman, is he Adam Fox? No, not not really, but I think he's one of those 1B type defensemen. Um, I think he's been really solid, especially lately. Fleury, his last three games have been better. Uh, the game against Carolina, he let in a soft goal. That was the difference in the game, which you don't love to see, but this is the first time in Marc-Andre Fleury's career where he hasn't been on a really good team, right? All those Penguins teams, the Vegas teams were all – cup contenders or at least solid playoff teams this is the first time he's had to deal with a team that's as poor as the Blackhawks are right now and look I think the Hawks are better than they're playing I did predict them to make the playoffs this year and it wasn't just because I want them to you look at the team on paper they should be a lot better than they're playing the results should be a lot better than they're playing and if you look at some of the underlying numbers you'll see their shooting percentage is incredibly low their PDO is incredibly low, so they're not getting some of the luck that you would expect them to get, and, and hopefully that balances out as the year goes on. But whether or not they start scoring more goals doesn't change the fact that they're a sieve defensively. And 
Marc-Andre Fleury is facing a lot of shots every night. It's something he's not used to, but he has been better in his last few appearances. Uh, so hopefully that continues. I'm not worried about him at all. I'm really not. I think it's just adjustment to a new team, adjustment to a new system, again, trying to sort of live up to those expectations. And, you know, for a guy like Fleury, he probably feels responsible to be the guy who gets the Hawks out of this rut. And, you know, it can't, it's not his fault. I'm, I'm the last guy in the world who ever blames the goalie. Um, you got to blame the team in front of him. And, and hmm. yeah, he wants to be better, but it's not his fault by any means. Uh, Jay, I'll tell you, you know, when the, what was it? The Dylan Strom came over from Zona. Was that the Nick Schmaltz trade? It was. So yep. I, I remember that. And, you know, it was sort of surprising that the Coyotes were going to trade a guy they picked so high at this point. And then, you know, we saw in some games against Winnipeg, a sign of a young man that, you know, to be honest, we talk a lot about the center position. I'm like, oh, great. The Blackhawks get this guy and he's going to be a pain in the ass for the next <laughs> eight years in this division. Every time I look up what's going on with Chicago, they're talking about Dylan Strome being on his way out of town. What's going on with him? Why isn't it working? And is he going to get traded? Yeah, I, you know, Jeremy Cowan can't seem to find a place for him. Uh, he spoke yesterday sort of reiterating the fact that the team has to be committed to defense top to bottom. Everybody's got to be uh, committed to back checking. And that's not Strome's greatest suit. But when you're, what do they have, 13 five-on-five goals in 11 games, they're just not scoring at even strength. They need guys that can score. And when you look at the lineup, Strom is in the lineup tonight uh, against the Jets. But you look at what they had the other night. They had Jujar Kara. They had Ryan Carpenter. They had Mike Hardman. They had Mackenzie Entwistle. They had Reese Johnson. That's five guys of your top 12 that are fourth-line plugger-type players. And look, every team needs a couple of those guys. Absolutely. When the Hawks were winning Stanley Cups, they had players like that that were the fourth line grindy, go get the puck out of a corner and, you know, get the go from the, the defensive zone to the offensive zone and and stop the bleeding for a while. But five forwards when you've got Dylan Strome on the bench, that is malpractice to me from a head coach. And for whatever reason, uh, Calton can't seem to figure out how to use Dylan Strome. And I think I hope for Strome's sake that they do trade him because it's ridiculous for him to be sitting while these players that are not nearly as good as him are playing. Reese Johnson played four minutes the other night against Carolina. What is the point of that? If you're going to play somebody for four minutes, why not make it Dylan Strome, who can put the puck on the net, who can play on all four lines, who's shown chemistry with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett in the past. Look, his first year from coming over from Arizona, top of my head, I think he had 51 points in 58 games or something like that. Dylan Strome knows how to put points on the board, and this team does not. I just can't understand. And then yesterday, Colton goes on this rant about needing team defense and yada, yada, yada. And then today, he does exactly what the media wants him to do and puts Dylan Stroman and Adam Goddard in the lineup. It's just weird. I don't know. I know the timing is bad to make a change at head coach with everything going around, on around the Blackhawks, but why not just tear the Band-Aid off and do it all at once? Well, it it's, absolutely it, has to be done. It's funny you bring that up because as I mentioned when I was bringing you in, uh, I watched, uh, what was it, a couple Sundays ago, that game against the Red Wings um, oh. that they lost 6-3. And I'm on Twitter afterwards, and I saw you post up. I was going to do something tomorrow, but no, we're doing the pod right now. And I went a point and brought it up. And I'll be honest, while I was listening to this, I'm immediately going to Kulbet to see if there's any lines on first coach fired because it sounded like it was about to happen. Um, everything else has taken place. The change in the GM, I think, has sort of changed his situation. But um, 
I mean, I have to ask you, I mean, does he still, uh, do the players respect him? Does he seem to have, um, you know, the ear of this team right now? Because I think you can certainly make the argument watching them play at times. uh, uh, It's certainly not 100% buy-in from the guys in those jerseys. I think that's fair. I think saying it's not 100% buy-in is accurate. I think the guys who were here before Jeremy Cowan have had a harder time. I will say Patrick Kane was one of the first guys to embrace him because Kane is a big numbers guy. Uh, likes to sort of advance metrics, follows all that sort of stuff. So what I think Kane was the sort of guy who welcomed a coach with that mindset. Taves, eh, took him a while. Seabrook, not a fan. Keith, not a fan. That was very, very clear from day one that neither of those guys really loved uh, what Jeremy Cowell was bringing. Those are two huge personalities. So they're out the door. You've got a lot of young players on this team still. Um, so I think it's, it's mixed. I think at this point, Taves and Kane – Kane likes him. Taves could probably take or leave him, and the younger players are are fine. But I think you look up and you're looking at your coach for some answers, and you're not really getting any, and you're seeing the better players not playing. That's got to be frustrating. Well, I'll tell and, you uh, what. Yeah. I mean, and I remember, um, you know, when Q got fired and he took over, the, they were here and relatively early into the the the, the Culleton's time on the bench. And there was a timeout or something. And, you know, he was pulling out the board. And I remember being at the game and looking, and I'm like, none of these guys are paying attention to what he's saying right now. And that was early on. And we've seen other times like that. And, you know, like to your point, I mean, Davidson's got a lot on his plate, and we don't really know how much stroke or power that he has or what happens with that spot going forward. But it's pretty clear right now that I think if Stan was still around and this team was still playing the way it was, he'd probably be thinking about a change. And that's a tough place for a hockey team to be in with so much uncertainty and nothing seemingly going right when they drop the puck. I, I just, I'll just say this. It's your fan base is hanging on by a thread right now, right? Uh, what you built starting in uh, 07, 08 with the arrival of Taves and Kane and then beyond that with the Stanley Cups, it's falling apart. And you're looking at eight, 9,000 people in the stands again. And the more losses come, the less people are going to care. They're going to get rid of the tickets they bought. Uh, look, I thought they should have fired Jeremy Cowden long ago. I think I wrote for him to be fired in November of 2019, just based on what I'd known and what I'd seen. And Stan Bowman was his last supporter. I think if they were to fire Stan uh, Jeremy Cowden today, no Hawks fan would bat an eye. No one would think twice about it. No one would argue about it. The question is, what do they do, right? They just extended him in January. They gave him a two-year extension. You've got Mark Crawford right there on the bench. Why don't you see what he can do in the interim role? Um, that's a guy with NHL skins on the wall. He is at least a replacement-level NHL head coach probably, right, which is more than we can say for Jeremy Cowlton. Uh, and I think he's got the respect of the room. I think when you look at Cowlton coming in, and in fairness to him, he came in a really bad situation. You know, he's 30, I think he was 36 years old at the time. A guy who is a peer of Keith and Seabrook and Taves and Kane coming in to teach these guys who have won three Stanley Cups, Selkie trophies, Norris trophies, MVPs, all these sort of things. What is Jeremy Cowan going to teach Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane about hockey? It's hard for those guys. And I think it's it's sort of a fair perspective of theirs to say, wait a minute, this guy's a minor league hockey player who's coached for a couple of years in the AHL. Now he's going to come and teach us these three times Stanley Cup champions how to play. It was, I think it's more of anything, a bad time for Jeremy Cohen. I think it someday in another situation, maybe he could be a coach with a little more experience. 
in the AHL or whatever, but it was just, he wasn't ready. It wasn't time. The team did not embrace him. And look, I think when they made the move, it probably was time to move on from Joel Quenville. The message was sort of wearing thin. He was sort of out of ideas. It was time to make a change, but you don't go bring in a guy who's never done it before to a team that established that still in their minds was ready to win and ready to compete. Yeah, it, it sort of felt like he was a placeholder the second that he got onto the bench taking over for Quenville. And, you know, as I mentioned early on, there were some signs that didn't look too positive. And, uh, well, it's kind of continued through it. Hey, just quickly, I know we focused a lot on the Blackhawks, but before we go, Jay, I know you pay quite a close attention to the Central Division. We're sort of 10 games in for most teams. We know that Chicago has had a rough start, but yet they're not the worst team in the division as long as the Arizona Coyotes are around. But uh, <laughs> what do you make of uh, what we've seen from uh, kind of the other six teams above the two cellar dwellers so far early on in the Central? Yeah, I think Colorado's slow start is surprising. I don't believe in it. I think Colorado is the best team in the West, and I think when the smoke clears, they'll, they'll sort of prove that to everybody. Um, it's a really tough division. And when we were sort of doing our preseason predictions – there were so many ways it could have gone and Dallas and St. Louis were sort of these wild card teams like, well, what are they? Are they good? They have been so competitive so recently, but you know, recency bias sort of changes your mind. Uh, I still think when all is said and done, the uh, avalanche are going to win the division by a significant margin. I just think they're really, really solid, really, really talented uh, poised to win a Stanley cup. And I think when it's all said and done, they'll be the, they'll be the division champs. And I think, you know, with St. Louis and, and Dallas and those teams, in uh, Winnipeg, they'll sort of battle it out for the other playoff spots. But I just, the, I don't know how the Hawks recover from this start. I really don't because you're having a sort of season where every point was essential. Every point was critical. You knew that even if you played as well as you possibly could, that the playoffs are going to be, you're probably going to be right on the edge of the playoffs. You can't start the way they started and get back in it. I don't see how they get back in it. I really don't. I think, I don't want to say they should start selling. But unless there's a major turnaround in the next 20, you know, 25 games, they got to start looking at that. They got to start looking at moving, you know, Flurry. See what you can get from Marc-Andre Flurry. You still got Kevin Lankinen. You still got Malcolm Subban. You still got Colin Delia. They've got this glut of goalies. Um, you know, Flurry can bring it, something in exchange. There's got to be a contender who wants the reigning Vezina winner, right? Um, I, it's crazy that it's November 5th and we're having this conversation already. <laughs> I never expected this. I thought – a slow start was possible for sure because I never believed in the coach, but this is ridiculous. Um, and when you just look ahead at the schedule, it's like, where are the wins? They play in the central division. Every team they play is strong. So there's not that kind of give me game that you would expect, you know, once a week or so. I th When I was looking ahead when they were losing, I said, Ottawa, there's your one. And that's the one they got. So I don't know when the next one is. I got to look at the schedule and get back to you. Yeah, see when those divisional games against the Coyotes, and uh, that'll be the night that people will be fired up. Jay, listen, I really appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Um, folks, you can follow him on Twitter at Jay Zawatsky. And uh, if you are a fan of the Blackhawks or want more on the Blackhawks, make sure to check out the Madhouse Pod. You can follow them at Madhouse Pod on Twitter as well. Jay, enjoy this game tonight, man, and uh, hopefully we can do this later on this season. All right, Andrew. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the time. Good stuff. There he is, Jay Zawoski, with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. 7 o'clock puck drop tonight. Jets and Hawks. And then Jets right back at it tomorrow. 6 p.m. start against the New York Islanders. No Connor Hellebuck tonight. Eric Comrie will start. Mikhail Burden will back up. We'll uh, await news tomorrow morning as to whether 
Connor Hellebuck will be starting for the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow night against Barry Trotz and the Islanders. All right, we're going to hear from Coach Paul Maurice in just a second. And if you haven't seen it, a very funny back and forth with Nate Schmidt today. No surprise, it was Nate Schmidt. Uh, but before we do that, normally this is the time where I'd give a big thanks to Not Autocorp for their support of us since day one here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And a special thanks to Trevor Not on today's big milestone day, hitting a million views and, and downloads um, but instead of doing that, I mean, you know that not Autocorp is the spot to get the vehicles uh, with the great deals, great selection, awesome staff and service. But Remus, we do have, and I'm looking forward to seeing this. I was down at Not when they were getting it going. We've got the debut of the new Not commercial featuring the Turtle Man himself, Milt Stiegel. So uh, I'm not sure if you want to come on or we've just got it ready, but uh, for all of you Milt fans and the great supporters of the program, this is the newest. We'll probably see it during NFL this weekend. Uh, the latest Milt Stiegel commercial with our friends at Not Auto Corp. Let's check it out. Why not? Just watch. Why not? Keep scrolling eyes lie. Why not? As a broadcaster and Hall of Fame football player, I'm constantly in the lab of life. For 15 years, my friends at Not Auto Corp have been pioneers as well. Introducing Winnipeg Car Lab. Custom car wrap, graphics, and auto services. Winnipeg, why not get in the lab? with the drone ream what did you think about that and by the way if you're wondering where that's what that actually is the uh the inside of not autocorp in the showroom yeah trevor somehow put a hot tub in there they've got a basketball hoop they've got air hockey uh it's a fun fun spot just to pop by and do it but uh, uh you know being down there for a ream i really was interested in uh in the drone i want to become a drone operator that that'll be my next goal after uh after doing winnipeg sports talk hopefully for a number of years we do need to hear i'll, I'll play the ad us without sound so we can kind of go go through it i mean you show me this place uh it looks pretty cool all the cars i mean they're driving a what is that a golf cart there's all yeah this is there's a lot a lot of take in here so yeah this is pretty cool and that that winnipeg sign by the way you probably are thinking oh man that looks familiar that is the old sign from the uh winnipeg convention center like outside downtown they brought it repurposed it put some color uh, color on it and hung it up in there uh there's also an amazing you see that underneath the print lab um, some of the greatest Winnipeg sports pictures ever. So um, pop down to Knot, and if you're popping there looking for a vehicle, say, hey, Hassan Remus told me I need to check out the back, and uh, they'll take you through. Just an amazing spot. Waverly and McGillivray, go check our friends over at Knot Auto Corp. Uh, folks, you're going to want to stick around. Our friends at Canadian Club have uh, some great prizes for our, uh, our million, our, our million view celebration today. We'll have a big marble race. We got the new video card. Cannot wait for that. Of course, we'll also have some Canadian Club to give away and some other prizes. Make sure you stick around to the end of the YouTube show if you're watching with us live. And tomorrow at the game, of course, Canadian Club's the official whiskey of the Blue Bombers. You can get it. Northern Keep, um, vodka. You've got the Brugal rum, the Jim Beam. It's all there for you throughout the building at the game tomorrow night. And, of course, you can always pick up the great taste of Canadian Club at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts. And i uh, got to give a shout-out to our pal Nick. Uh, you know, we will do million 
views. We'll definitely throw in a DQ cake coming up into the marble race at the end. Uh, Nick and Nikki with four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, the DQ in Niverville, DQ in Northgate. Both of those have drive-throughs, the DQ at Polar Park and the DQ St. Anne's. And the great thing, especially for people in St. Vital, the St. Anne's location for the first time ever now that it's owned and run by Nick and Nikki, open all year long. So you'll be able to get the blizzard. You'll be able to get those ultimate grill burgers, fries, chicken fingers, all the great food, as well as cakes, 12 months a year. And they're also going to be uh, out on Skip the Dishes and DoorDash. If you don't want to leave the house, you can still get that great taste of DQ delivered as well. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki. If you do need a cake, hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. They'll have it ready for you to pick up at any of the four Nick and Nikki DQ locations. All right, Remo. Um, let's uh, let's talk a little more Jets. We will do a quick Breeders' Cup preview with Kirk Contois coming up at the bottom of the program. Uh, but let's first off here, head coach Paul Maurice. Uh, he, of course, addressed Connor Hellebuck's status for tonight and this weekend and much more after today's morning skate heading into tonight's 7 o'clock puck drop against the Chicago Blackhawks. Here is Jets coach Paul Maurice. Paul, you have an update for us? I was feeling better today. Uh, hopefully, we'll see him soon. Um, would he passed, I guess, COVID? Yeah, I don't know. How do you want to do this? I think if a guy tests positive, we'll tell you. Yeah. And then we'll tell you once, and then I'm not giving you a daily update on the guy. Is that fair? Okay, I don't have a positive test. So he's just, we're waiting for him to get better. He has to test a couple times just to see if he gets better. And if he gets better, he'll be good. So it's Nick Ehlers, where we are right now at the start of last year. Every day, the guys get an itinerary sent to them for the next day. And at the bottom, it says in asterisks and bold letters, if you have any symptoms, do not come to the rink and report it to Rob Millett as fast as you can. So is it the protocol then? Well, I mean, I get He's going to give you the whole rundown, and it only so you're not getting a whole different bunch of different messages. So just try to give you a, one message, because if you wake up and you got a headache, I don't know if that puts you in the protocol, right? If you got a, the sniffles, but are you chief compliance officer yet? This would really, I think, if we put you in that role, it'd be nice for you. So, safe to say, Eric goes tonight. And Correct. Correct. Tomorrow? Correct. What does that experience at the American level mean in terms of the comfort level? Like, you right. Can go back to back. Right. There's a consideration to that. This is a guy who's played three in a row, right? And they've they've played back to back and traveled. So he has, in recent memory, experience. And there was a. It's not that long ago the back to back wasn't thought about that much, and a whole bunch of goals. Well, I feel way better on the second night, but that's a goalie, right? Trying to get back in the net. So it's it, it may be. A little bit like the pitch count, right? There never used to be pitch count. Now you get to a certain number, you're coming out. Uh, we normally don't play goalies back-to-back because you don't need to. Uh, but in certain circumstances, we would consider it. This might be one of the, those circumstances. Well, aside from his personality, and having been around him, you know what I'm talking about. It's been his training camp from day one has looked like his games. That's the big thing. He is he has been stopping pucks and solid and strong and highly consistent in his practices um, so that what we're seeing in the games doesn't look anything different than the off days. So he's now had months of being in front, a month and a half of being in front of a hockey team and playing exactly the way he's playing in the games. Does he handle it at all? Have you noticed him? Like, I mean, 
on the outside there have been some criticisms um, coming out of preseason or just question marks, I suppose, even. Have you noticed him handling that or does it not phase him? I don't think, that for the most part, players are as attuned to what is said about them or thought about them as you might think, right? Um, and for Eric, what we know about him from day one is this freakish consistency of personality. That after the second week you meet him, you think, well, that can't be him. Nobody's that nice, right? Nobody works that hard every day. And then a couple of years after, you go, well, that's just Eric Comrie. So I don't think it phases that guy one bit because it doesn't change his day. There's no manifestation of change that you say, okay, he's a different guy now. He's, now he's really trying, or now he's buckling down, or now he's pissed off. No, he's just his strength, his gift, is his ability to mentally train and, and mentally perform the same way every day. Well, as much as Chicago only has one win so far, uh, but the way they played against Ottawa, they had a great Carolina team yep. down by two. Do you see yep. in your advanced scouting that they're starting? Yeah, so we would look at these guys, a different style of game, but the same way we viewed Los Angeles because they were one and four. I mean, one maybe when we went in there. They had played St. Louis twice, uh, Minnesota, Nashville, um, they, they Dallas. So they had run a good stretch of teams and competed in all those games. So when you're watching the game, you're going, yeah, they're way better. So this is a really dangerous offensive team just on the skill level they have alone. And they're getting those chances in games. They're generating offense. They just haven't had, I, I thought Dallas could have won that game against Ottawa by five or six. Like they, they generated an awful lot. So if you're not on it and, you, and you're casual about your defense against this, they're going to beat you. And then they're going to run a string of games again. So we, we come out of L.A., and I believe they've won their next three games. The, the quality of their game is there right now. What, and I don't know how many trade secrets you want to give out here, but what is it that they are doing so well in their penalty kill that has made them difficult to score against? I think the part of their D-zone coverage is built a little bit like their penalty kill. They're... they're they get the pucks quick, and they got a skill of if they touch it, it's going down. Right? They don't. They don't. Um, they don't spend a lot more time in their own end. They're, they're they're very patient with it. But when they go, they've got the timing of a penalty kill down. Right? They're really aggressive when they can be. They're not at all when they can't, and they don't spend any time in the gray area. They, they make really good decisions on their kill. So you'll see tonight when they're honest, and they look fast, and they got good sticks, and they're going to break up some plays, and then you'll see them come right off us and, and hold. And when they do that, they're, they're positionally really, really solid. Block shots, they get in front of a lot of pucks. Well, are you going with 11 and 7? I am, tonight? yep. And would there be any concern then with having a game tomorrow as well, just about managing your forwards? No, no. So what that, that, what that hole on the, on the fourth line does is it takes a bunch of guys, maybe three or four guys that aren't, don't run big, big minutes, and I give them a few more. So I'm not, I mean, Andrew Kopp ran into 25 this year, we were, but that was more because the other two guys were out of the lineup and I was using them in a bunch of situations that I don't have to use them now. So we'll, we'll, we'll have more guys that'll go from 15 into the 17 and 18 more so than in last games. We had Kyle Connor, you know, almost at 23 minutes, but that's an overtime game. So that's, it, it won't affect it. Where we'll have to make a decision is tomorrow. You know, we'll take a look at the minutes played, the load, how we're measuring that on these forwards and, and see if, and then it, it only makes sense then if you're going to play that fourth line and, and take a few minutes from that top group. And just to cover off the base, it's 
the same 11 guys as the other Correct. Guys? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess there's all little things. Um, I think sometimes for a young goaltender, it's it's just shots against NHL shooters, right? So he, every time you bring a young guy up, he gets ripped up top, especially, right? They they they're not used to these guys getting the puck off the stick as quick as they can, and you see it in training camp, right? And, and you see it like in the almost the the meaningless warm up drills, like after you've warmed the goalie up, maybe in the first one, these guys start to shoot to score, and they just tear these guys apart because they're coming right down the pipe still, or it's a two on one, it's a warm up, and then, but you notice how he doesn't, right? Like like he'll get out a little further out, a little more square, he gets across the ice a little bit faster, and the young guys can't do that, right? They're not used to it, so they get into it, and now he's into a rhythm where he's got. He's got that figured out, so he's, he's more used to NHL shooters. All right, there's Coach Paul Maurice. Uh, a lot's on Eric Comrie. Of course, Connor Hellebuck. I'm still feeling a little end of the weather, uh, but the good news, um, I guess, you know, even though he's out, no t- positive COVID test, so um, certainly a possibility for tomorrow. Uh, but if he can't go, it will be interesting to see how coach runs the uh, goaltenders, whether Comrie goes back to back or potentially Mikhail Burden gets uh, gets his first taste of NHL action. That'll be something we'll follow uh, throughout tonight and into tomorrow. I know the IC guys will have a lot on that tomorrow morning. Um, there was one other hilarious bit from today's media uh, availabilities before the game. And no one will be surprised to learn that it is from one of the newest members of the Winnipeg Jets, Nate Schmidt. Um, Nate Schmidt somehow got talking about his love of the prices right today. <laughs> Check this out. Yeah, just just tee this one up. Uh, I guess he was asked about Comrie, and apparently they have the same interests. And then Scott Billick decided to follow up on that at the end. So I uh, I did clip them together. So here, this is I'll, I'll bring it up. One sec. <laughs> uh, shares uh, my love for prices right in the morning. Which is fun. <laughs> he did win the showcase showdown bet today, so congrats to him. Um, Expand on the prices rate. Do you guys watch it in the morning, or we as in now we do. Now you do. Okay. I love it. I love watching it in the morning. I think it's great. Now, like, like Nick Ehlers this morning was like, "What is this?" And then by the end of it, he was like, thirty-two thousand four hundred sixty-four dollars. <laughs> And <laughs> one dollar, one dollar, Bob. <laughs> so, one dollar, Bob. No, one dollar, Drew. Uh. The price is right. I, I thought they were going to get into a, a big breakdown of favorite prices right games. You can throw those in the chat right now. I was always a Plinko guy. Yeah, of course. I always thought Plinko was the best. And by the way, I know we were plugging not Autocorp and everything. I believe they've got a Plinko machine over there too. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff at not, but uh, Plinko probably the all-time greatest. And yeah, the uh, you know you know me betting. I'm a big over/under guy. We'll get to cool bet lines in a bit. Um, but certainly when it comes to that uh, that showcase showdown, always a lot of intense discussion if you're watching The Price is Right with a bunch of buddies. Yeah, I like the one, uh, the hole punch, where they like punch through and take a thing and make the car 
uh, the golf one, were they going to make a hole in one or two? And of course, the uh, yodeling mountaineer. And I, you know, used to love staying home from school watching Price's Right. Yodeling mountaineer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, remember when he's singing? Yeah, I haven't watched it in a long time because I'm, you know, working. But I think we'd I would put it on sometimes. But it's funny, like Ehlers, maybe growing up in Denmark, I don't know if they have the Price's Right there, and I could see why you'd be like, what, what the hell is this game? But it does suck you in. Uh, it has that power where you want to guess uh, the prices of those household items. Nate Schmidt is just so electric, man. That is a uh, that is a fun, fun guy to listen to. A great addition to the organization, and certainly getting it done on the ice as well. All right, we've got a few things to get to. I see Dave Shore. What's going on? Everybody is fired up about the marble race, and we will do. We're going to step it up today. I just went into the tickle trunk. We've got some great stuff from Canadian Club. Uh, we will have some tickets as well, so be sure to stay tuned. We'll open up the entries in five or ten minutes. But first things first, um, you know, we had such a great time talking horse racing all summer long with our friends at Assiniboia Downs. Uh, but there's a huge, huge event in the world of horse racing, one of the biggest on the planet every year, and that is the Breeders' Cup. And uh, who better to... Uh, Maybe give us some insight as to who we might want to plunk a toonie or two down than our pal Kurt Contois from Assiniboia Downs. Kurt, what's going on? How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Hustler. How are you doing? Uh, doing great. Big, big weekend. I mean, man, tomorrow night's going to be wild. I'll be honest. I mean, I'm going to probably be split between the Jets and the Bombers, but the Breeders' Cup, the big one, goes around 7.40 our time tomorrow. Hey, just before we talk about who's in and uh, who we might want to bet on, um, fill newbies in or casual fans on what exactly is the Breeders' Cup and why it's such a huge event outside of the Triple Crown that we hear so much about during the regular season. Well, the Breeders' Cup is the races for the young horses, which is two-year-olds, and that'll be comprising of five races tonight. And then we carry on tomorrow with a nine-race card. Then the older horses, three-year-olds and up, there's nine races for them. There's horses from locally, being North America, and then a lot of shippers coming from overseas, Germany, Great Britain, Japan, France, Ireland. So it's a quite the mesh of uh, the best talent in the world all coming together at one racetrack. That's what makes it such a big deal. So I'm looking at the odds right now, and our friends over at Coolbet have it as well. Um, but, you know, as far as the post position and odds, Nick's go has opened up as the early favorite for the Longline Classic at 5-2. to two. And then you've got Hot Rod Charlie won the Pennsylvania Derby, Essential Quality, which won the Belmont, part of the Triple Crown, and, of course, Medina Spirit, which is a Bob Baffert horse. And um, there's been a lot of controversy about that horse and Bob Baffert coming out of the Derby. Um, why don't you start off with the Baffert situation? Because he's one person I think anyone that even casually watches the Triple Crown races will know all about. Well, the Baffert situation has to do with medication. Unfortunately, I'm not the person to talk about that with. You kind of got to go to a veterinarian and the rules and regulations are racing where the offense took place because every racetrack is different. And even going from the U.S. to Canada is different. For example, one of the medications that is used is Lasix. If you notice in all the Breeders' Cups races, there is no Lasix on any horses. It's pretty well been outlawed in Europe, but it's still used in North America and Canada. It is an anti-bleeding medication. 
So that is just one of the hundreds of medications that the horses use. But the thing going on with Bob Baffert in the Derby on Medina Spirit, that is something that could be drawn out for years to come. And uh, it's just going to be a lot of lawyers' bills expected to go into the millions of dollars to figure out in the end what they're actually going to do about it. Is he like the bad guy, though? Like, I mean, is amongst the horse racing community, I mean, is he the heel? Would uh, he be the Vince McMahon, if you will, of the horse racing season? Or is this a very different than, you know, an athlete that gets busted for using PEDs or something like that that has to hold that for a while? Well, here's an interesting thing about a guy like Bob Baffert. He has horses racing at many different racetracks. So obviously he can't be at everyone. So he has his lead assistant at each one. He knows what medications can be used, can't be used. And the levels of those medications, sometimes it slips through the cracks and things do happen along the way. But essentially in the end, the trainer has to take the rap for it. And that's what Bob Baffert is doing right now. All right, well, let's get to the horses that are in it. Um, I mean, uh, you're handicapping. I mean, you know a lot about these horses. I mean, uh, when uh, someone leans on you, Kurt, who you got? Who you got in the big race? Um, uh, who do you think's going to win? And uh, I know uh, you and Stretch have done such a great job all year on ASD Live, picking some triactors. I'm, I'm sure if there is one race that you guys have put a lot of thought into, it's the big one tomorrow. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And it, this is an interesting one always every year. Because the Derby races, the Preakness and the Belmont are just for three-year-olds. Now you get to this race and it's for three-year-olds and up. So the three-year-olds are finally tackling those older horses that are more established than they are. And you kind of see really what they're made of and what they're going to carry on to. So in saying that, Medina Spirit is taking money. You said Nick's go is the favorite right now. And that is the older horses that won the Breeders' Cup mile last year easily went wire to wire that was going a mile and an eighth but this year has to go an extra eighth of a mile so now going a mile and a quarter and there is more speed in the race than there is last year so i think nick's go definitely does have a shot to go wire to wire like he always does but i think he's going to get pressure and that makes him vulnerable so i like a little bit of a different horse well don't make us wait any longer. Ah, I'm ah. looking. I'm looking at the odds. I'm ready to click. Who do we got? Okay, Hustler. I did badmouth a horse in the Derby, and that was essential quality. I said this horse will get beat. Mattress Mac bet all his money on it. Everybody said the undefeated horse will stay undefeated. I said it wouldn't hit the top three. And it did run fourth. I didn't pick Medina Spirit, but I got at least the favorite out of there. But the difference is. The horse had a bit of layoff after that and has been coming back with great form. And I like the way it runs with Hot Rod Charlie, Medina Spirit, and Nick's Go. All three of them possess that early speed. So I think there is going to be a good pace in here. And because it is a mile and a quarter, when they start getting tired, I think Essential Quality is going to sit fourth in the race and make the big charge at the end and overtake them. All right. So we like Essential Quality. Um, one of my favorite things to do is the triactor wheel, trying to pick the three top horses and, you know, we'll box it. So anyone, we've got essential quality in our top three. Who are the other two horses I should put in if I'm just looking to get a top three anyway? Well, you got to put Nick's go in there because even if this horse does get beat, it is one of the top horses in the world right now. 
and he'll always run as much and as hard as he can. So I think he's going to stick around for a piece. And the other horse I like, Hot Rod Charlie, he's really coming into himself. Now it's later in the season. The only reason I'm leaving out Medina's spirit is because Nix goes in here. Medina, I think, will have to try too hard on the front end, and that'll be his undoing. So he's going to back out of it. So essential quality, Hot Rod Charlie and Nix go. Oh, excellent. Uh, Kurt Contois from Assiniboia Downs getting us ready for the Breeders' Cup tomorrow. Uh, of course, you know, we had such a great time all year doing our bets over at hpibet.com, and I think there's a little left in the account, so we'll be going with it later on today. Uh, you and Stretch have anything going on this uh, weekend for uh, for the Breeders? You're going to be jumping back on the YouTube with uh, all your people waiting for your picks if they didn't see you on Winnipeg Sports Talk? Well, we won't, but uh, we do have our guy, camera uh, Mitch, in the camera room, and he'll be on the Twitter feed and everything. Anything we have to offer, we'll go through him. And, of course, we'll be in touch through all the breeders' races, giving each other the gears, the jabs, and uh, hopefully a lot of toast to go around. But one thing I do want to point out for the players that don't usually play the races but want to jump in, jump on to HPI. Because if you sign up for account, deposit $100 in there, you spend the whole 100 you blow it all, you wait 30 days, they'll put 100 bucks back in your account. What kind of a deal is that? A free 100 to bet. And crazy bets that you could make in the breeders, you could make thousands of dollars. So why not take a shot? It's easy to sign up, takes less than five minutes, and you'll get that 100 back. Oh, that is great stuff, Kirk. Uh, listen, good luck. Uh, good luck to you and good luck to me with your picks. Thank you very much for coming on. Say what's up to Sherry, Darren, and the gang over at the Downs, and uh, we can't wait to uh, chop it up with you again once we get back for live racing in the new year. Sounds great, Hustler. Take care and good luck. <laughs> there it is. You can follow Assiniboia Downs on Twitter, at Assiniboia Downs, and, uh, of course, you can pop by tomorrow. You can always bet on races from around the world at Assiniboia Downs. Check out that dining room as well. Just great, great food, and... Uh, the uh, ASD Live YouTube is the place to be for uh, Kirk, Stretch, and the gang with all of their thoughts once we get into live racing season. All right, we are coming up to the marbles. Let's get Remus back in here. I do want to get to some uh, cool bet lines before we do that. But, Remo, I think first things first, I think what we need to do is uh, is get the room open. What are we going to do? Is it marbles again? Is that going to be the uh, the, the command for uh, for today's race? Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't say it too loud because then people are going to start getting it, uh, start typing in before it's ready. So don't get Oleg'd, everyone. We remember yeah. what happened to Oleg a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He Remus, got... uh, the, the uh, power-hungry commissioner of the marble race, will, will drop you out very, very early. So, yeah, ho- hold tight. Radio is dead, Remus. It's just, just... – Yeah preparing I, everything for it i and while, I, sorry i do want to, want to clarify that that comment i was referring to uh the old station that we were on that is definitely uh, very dead and we are here now i just want to make a clarification obviously yeah. r- radio very much alive but mm, i don't debatable I, debatable it, it, it exists I, I liked i liked your comment i definitely liked your so, comment so yeah well oleg I, hasn't been seen in weeks weeks since he got i mean oleg, i don't know whether he got him. banned yeah, I booted he him. Did. <laughs> it's a permanent ban? All bans are permanent. I don't... <laughs> I'll ban, I, I banned him. He's done. 
You don't come here and flood the chat. Yeah, normally just being racist or something like that, that will guarantee to get you banned right off the bat. But uh, I, I'm surprised. That is the uh, the heavy hand of the law, which took care of uh, <laughs> which took care of uh, of Oleg. All right. So uh, while we get this ready to go, look for the uh, look in the chat. You'll see the the bot or whatever tell you what to do. Um, first prize, another one of these beautiful. Winnipeg Sports Talk, Winnipeg Sports Talk hoodies. I should talk into the microphone and not change that. Uh, of course, brought to you with our friends over at Canadian Club, your official whiskey. Let me see if I can get this of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So we've got that for first prize. Second prize, we'll do an I Love Rye package, which will include a bottle of CC. And because we're in a generous mood today, we're all excited about hitting a million. We've also got a t-shirt for our winner. Basically the exact same thing. CC. There's a good one. There's a good a good view for you. Canadian Club. Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Official whiskey. There you go. Um, and then third prize, we will put in a DQ cake from Nick and Nikki. So we'll have three prizes. Now, I, I was going to do the tickets, but I'm not going to put the tickets in here. What you need to do for the tickets. I got a pair for the Bomber game tomorrow night, and we've got four tickets to the ice game on Sunday. So for the ice, I want you to take some kids. If someone there is that's got a family that would love to come out and see uh, the number one team in the Canadian Hockey League on Sunday, uh, what you're going to want to do is hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, at Hustlerama. You can do it in an open tweet. You can send me a DM. Um, just let me know who you want to take to the game. I'll pick a winner from that. And if you're able and wanting to go to the Bomber game tomorrow with this great night as well, I've got a pair. So do that as well. Just want to make sure we get them to people that can use them. Uh, I'll you know announce the winners on the uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk Twitter account. Um, but for Bomber tickets and ice tickets, send me a message at Hustleram on either Twitter or Instagram. I'll pick the winners later on today, and we will simply um, send you them uh, via email as well. So, And by the way, if you want, include your email when you send in your request to win the tickets, and that way it'll be nice and easy for me to uh, send them to you when you win. So four tickets. would love to send those to a family or someone that can bring some kids to check out the ice. That's for Sunday. And a pair of tickets for the Bombers tomorrow. We'll do that at Hustlerama, Twitter, Instagram, you know what to do. All right, Remo, how are we doing with marbles? Are we open? Yes, it's open. We're getting, sorry, we're getting entries. That's not the right one. We're getting entries. People are typing in. We're already at 82 so far, 82. Um, did you want to talk about some hockey news? I got some more. I do. Hort Just before we do that, yeah. make sure to win. You've got to be subscribed to the YouTube channel. I know most of you are yes. already. And for crying out loud, folks, uh, let's uh, get those likes up to 200. We've got over 300 people in the chat. So make sure you hit the red subscribe button. Make sure you've given us the thumbs up for today's episode. And make sure you put in exclamation mark marbles. So we've got you in the chat. Um, yeah, Remo, there is some hockey news. Uh, you know, during the program today, uh, we've had our questions answered regarding Mikhail Sergachev. He will, in fact, get a suspension. It will, in fact, be less than five games. Two games, in fact, for uh, that headshot on Mitch Marner last night. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I'd like to see NHL like do more about um, direct headshots. Um, you know, someone was saying, well, he finished the game. It was still a headshot. I mean, 
he got him clear head contact, blindside. Guys like stumbling around. Like you can't go, you know, take you guys in a vulnerable position. You can't just not open season anymore. We're trying to protect these guys, have respect for other players on the ice. So two games, uh, I think that's fair. Um, I, I'm got no issues with that. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I should give a little bit of a shout out to one of our regulars, Mr. B.A. Split himself. B.A. was the one that uh, provided the tickets for the Bomber game. And big thanks to the Ice for doing that. So again, Bomber tickets, Ice tickets, two for the Bombers, four for the Ice. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram. Let me know who you'd be taking, why you want to go to the game. We'll pick a couple winners on those. Sorry, Remo. I just want to make sure we got mm -hmm. that in before we moved on. Yeah, that's okay. Um, oh, yeah, we saw Pat. We didn't talk about Patrick Lina. Uh, oh. Suffered, what is it, a oblique injury? Oblique strain. Four to six weeks. Yeah. That's a uh, disaster for myself, Mitch. I think there's a lot of people that jumped on that over 19 and a half goals. Now, I'm still in on it. I'm still in on over. It's not I mean, over. Patrick yeah, it's Lina not can over. can score 20 goals in his sleep. You can get it. You can get eight goals in a week. So. Hopefully, the bottom line is hopefully he comes back relatively soon. But he had had a nice start to the season, a big bounce back year. It's been really cool to see both Line A and Dubois play the way they have this year. Remo, a lot of questions about both of those players because that was a trade when you looked at the results at the end of last season. was one of those ones that didn't really provide positive results for either hockey club. Very different story this year. Dubois, knock on wood, playing phenomenal. Just about hit his offensive totals with the Jets last year, already in the first 10 games of the season. But for Columbus to lose their most lethal score, um, that's a real unfortunate blow to a team that was sort of undermanned right out of the gate. Yeah, the worst part about this is, and I mean, not for everyone who had bets on him to hit the over goals or anyone who had fantasy or, you know, Patrick Laine, who um, himself, but there was, he's supposed to come here and play the Jets with the Blue Jackets November 24. And now we're not going to have the big return. We're not going to have the tribute video. Uh, really, that's really sad. I guess Rosovic, he'll get the spotlight for the tribute video. I would think there's going to be a Rosovic tribute video November 24. We'll just have to wait for, for Line. Oh, sorry. That's oh. sorry. Wait, sorry. Is that here? Or that might be in Columbus. I could be reading this wrong. I think that might be in Columbus. Sorry. Uh, sorry. I think you're right. I'm reading. I can't read a schedule, man. Yeah. All right. That's sorry. Eh, that, take that's the L. I'm taking later it on this year. Just later scratch on this out year. what I said. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> Remove that from the pod. Very it's getting deleted. Yeah. I was he, muted he, for that. It didn't. Yeah, it didn't. You're happen. muted. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I think I was pretty sure I was muted for that. So I saw people. That's in Columbus. That's my bad. It's on the 24th. <laughs> Sorry. The, um, there will be a Dubois tribute video, I would think, right? Or because the way he left Columbus. Well, that's uh, a good they're question. They're like, F that guy. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, the I mean shift it's not was... quite going to be the Kane return to Winnipeg or anything like that. But, um, I, they, you know, it's an interesting question. I wonder how he'll be felt because I think he was a big part of the success that they did have. And, um, but just the fact that he wanted out never really spoke to why it was. Uh, sure. I could imagine that that yeah. would be, um, that would be, and especially if they see him tearing up the league the way he is, probably a little harder to accept when the Jets get to town and later on this month. Yeah. Sorry. It's, um, March 25, Columbus is here. Yeah, that's, that that's the return. That's a Friday night. So that'll be fun. So we'll uh, wait and see. Yeah, uh, put it this way. This year mm -hmm. when we were breaking up the season tickets, that Columbus game went a little earlier than normal. And uh, it's usually yeah. sort of a bottom five game when everyone's picking it up. But uh, Friday, end of the season, 
Um, there's a bunch of games in March. I mean, it's going to be a great. A couple visits from the Colorado Avalanche, and I do know the bobblehead night, I believe, is the Detroit mm. Red Wings game, which is uh, which is there as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, there so there folks, are people in chat, you know, being like, Rosovic doesn't get a tribute video. I'm like, yeah, yeah he's tribute video worthy. Come on. Oh, yeah. They'll, he's well, he's I mean, getting I, a tribute it video. It might not be completely uh, – it, it won't be that extensive because, I mean, it wasn't like he uh, did uh, incredible things here for the Jets, but he's a big part of this organization since being drafted. I have no doubt that they'll do something nice for both of those players when they eventually get back to Winnipeg in visiting team jerseys. All right, exclamation mark marbles. Give you a couple more minutes to make sure if you're just popping in, we've got the big marble race to finish off the program. Uh, we've added a few extra prizes today because, of course, uh, the big announcement this morning, we uh, have hit in under eight months, one million views on YouTube and podcast download. Thanks so much to everyone that makes Winnipeg Sports Talk a part of their routine. And, of course, to all of our sponsors for making this happen. And speaking of our sponsors, we're going to get to the cool bet lines. I don't have this number out for you yet, folks, but please pay attention. If you are a cool better, well, if you're not and you'd like to, use the promo code WST. Your first deposit up to $200 will be doubled, 100% bonus on that. And tomorrow, I would have loved to have put this out today, but we have to wait till the end of this Jets-Chicago game before we'll have a line for the Jets-Islander game. But tomorrow, with the two games on at the same time, I have talked to the tall foreheads at Coolbet, and we are going to have a little uh, Winnipeg sports talk, Peg City Parlay. Bombers to cover the spread, that's at 11.5 right now, and Jets to beat the New York Islanders. They're going to take those two numbers. They're going to boost the odds up a little bit, and we'll have a little Winnipeg special for tomorrow. So I will certainly tweet that out with a link, but pay attention for it tomorrow for the Peg City Parlay. Dusty got to do his Tales of the North for the Euler game earlier this week. Uh, I got on it. That won. So I'm hoping that we and our Winnipeg teams can return the favor to cool better. So pay attention to that tomorrow. The uh, the Peg City parlay. What do you think about that, Reem? A boosted odds yeah. for Jets to win and Bombers to cover. Are you gonna have a cool social media post telling everyone, you know, wearing we wearing like a robe or something? You can tweet, hey, come out with the Jets parlay because Dusty had a pretty good one with his Tales of the North. Well, listen, like staff. The, his his Tales of the North outfit is so over the top ridiculous, but it is so funny. And that honestly, as someone that was in radio for so long, that might be the funniest and best radio bit I can think of um, for anyone, you know, sort of in a home market. If you haven't seen it, sort of a Game of Thrones type thing. And they did it all last year when it was the Canadian division. They did that for game days. It was so popular. They're doing it for home games this year, as well as games against other Canadian teams. So uh, check out at Nielsen TSN 1260 for all of that. But yeah, tomorrow we will have the, a special boosted odds Peg City Parlay and the Lock Shop partner parlay is also up, boosted from three to one to four to one. Saints minus two and a half. I've got the Chargers money line. Chris has the Patriots money line. That is up right there now. Uh, it was, I believe, plus 305. We've got it boosted to four to one. So you can take advantage of that as well at Cool Bet Canada. Uh, okay. Um, Remo, do you let me know when you want to uh, close, close off it? the marbles? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Last call for marbles, everyone. If you're yeah. just popping in and you want to get in, we've got some great prizes to give away. Uh, if you've already done it, don't do it again. Don't Oleg us and get thrown over the top rope. However, 
Last call, exclamation mark marbles. If you want to be in, Remus will close that in just a second while I go through the lines for tonight in the National Hockey League, including, of course, the Winnipeg Jets and the Chicago Blackhawks. And you would think the Jets might be a bigger favorite, but I do think the fact that Connor Hellebuck is not playing has pushed that number down a little bit. We'll see whether Eric Comrie can continue his strong start to the season and get win number three. Jets right now a minus 152 favorite and the Blackhawks plus 129 on the money line. And if you like the Jets to win by two, you can take them on the puck line to win by two in regulation at plus 160. Other games tonight in the NHL, Rangers at Oilers. Oilers a minus 169 favorite. Ducks a big favorite at home to the Arizona Coyotes, minus 175. Coyotes still looking for win number one. They have been horrible this season. And the Nashville Predators continue their West trip. They uh, popped into Edmonton, popped into Calgary. Now it's time to take on the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks minus 133 favorites at home. And another home favorite, the Los Angeles Kings hosting the New Jersey Devils. That's the final game tonight. Uh, There is a bunch of games that are on the board right now for tomorrow's action, including the Winnipeg Jets and the New York Islanders. So the fact that that number is up, Jets actually a plus 110 underdog. So we're going to get plus 110 on that, about even money on the Bombers riders. So I think we could see that getting boosted significantly. Uh, Now that that's done and taken care of, I will let you know, pay attention to the social media post for a link to the Peg City Parlay. Big, big slate of games tomorrow. And Remo, I guess we'll have to uh, get going with a Saturday DraftKings uh, contest as well for the hockey as we fill up the uh, NFL contest for the weekend as well. Yeah, I did one for hockey today. It's already full. I guess I could do another one. The DraftKings is so annoying with their invites. I make a 30-person, and it barely fills, and then it doesn't run. But I make a 20-person, and it sends out people invites, and it fills right away. I just can't sit there and babysit it because we had one not run, and people are like, why didn't it run? Why didn't it run? I was like, oh, I forgot I was busy that day. So... I don't know what the solution is, but I could do multiple 20 persons. It's just hard in a day. We do have spots open for a DraftKings NFL yeah, contest. Yeah, that's what we need to fill. We We've got fill uh, 36 out of 50 right now. So I don't know if you maybe I'll, want to throw that link I'll, in the I chat I will throw right it now, in, the, in the chat. So fill if, that. Yeah, if you haven't played with us before, the NFLs are really fun. Uh, 50 people, $3 yeah. to enter. We pay the top five. Is it top five or top 10 for we the We do top, a top 10 for 50. I think it's like 20% of the field. Excellent. I think excellent. that's I think that's the industry standard. Um, but Certainly, I, I will say if you're you know if you're out of uh, you know if you're playing a season long NFL fantasy and you got like injuries or your team sucks, I mean DraftKings is a way to keep going for NFL. I mean it just ha- I mean if you had you know McCaffrey or you had Derrick Henry, like you're you're toasted. So you may as well just move on to the daily fantasy. My incredible team, Aaron Rodgers, my quarterback, Derek Henry, my my running back. It's been a tough week, tough week in uh, He Hate Me headquarters, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what we're going to do without those two guys that have been uh, have been rolling. And if you have entered in the CFL contest, that's full now. Don't forget to get your picks yeah. in before 6 o'clock tonight. Don't be white circle guy, which I have been embarrassingly a couple times recently in a couple of contests, although I was good in the CFL last week. Uh, okay, Reem, how are we looking for the... Um... We're, we're looking good. It's ready to... I think we're all set. I just got to pick a track. 
I do okay, have some, you do that. Yeah, I do have some you Tim Hortons cards as well, but we can skip that if you want. Uh, for this uh, week. Well, you know what? We, well, yeah, it's two fifty six. Pe- Maybe people we can were do commenting that. on my hands last week. They said I had really nice hands. I was nice hands. Oh, that's yeah. good. At least you weren't being hand shamed no. on the program. That's uh, nice. my hands. People are tweeting us a picture of their TV with like <laughs> my hands showing the cards and like <laughs> posting pictures of like George Costanza with gloves on. Uh, oh, GFL, GFL, this is some great news. Yeah. Oh, by the way, fall back on Saturday night. This is the weekend where we get the extra hour of sleep. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. I'll tell you what, I think there's a lot of people that are going to be able to use that extra hour of sleep considering there's a jet game and a bomber game on at the same time. There will be, uh, it'll, the, the city will be hopping this weekend, certainly for sports fans going for Rob Mahoney. Rogers is a hero. Oh, yeah, he's a hero. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah, apparently we went get... on Pat McAfee today, and um, it's uh, he's basically a victim of woke can- uh, cancel culture. Really. Yeah, he said, "I'm not anti-vax," but then listed off, you know, the bingo card of anti-vax theories, talking points, to- <laughs> talking points. Said he's been hanging out with Joe Rogan and uh, took ivermectin. So that's where Aaron Rodgers is at these days, and he's hoping, uh, I think, hoping for Jordan Love to have some good success. You know what? Great idea by whoever by whoever put that in. Um, geez, there's so many comments in here. I can't do it. Put but what yes, in? last place finisher. We're going to. So here here's how this is working. Oh my god. Hoodie for number one. Yeah. Uh, t-shirt and bottle. I love rye package for number two. Number three, we'll do a DQ cake, and we will also do a DQ ice cream cake for the last marble to finish to finish so if you get eliminated it doesn't count no exactly if you're okay. you, you need to finish the race and it'll be the last one that comes in or and then they we get the results so uh all right remo uh thanks again to everyone for all the support through these eight months one million views and downloads we couldn't be happier very proud to be doing it but we couldn't do it without the support of you and all of our great sponsors uh but the most fun thing we do all week is firing up that marble race on friday afternoon Big thanks, especially to Canadian Club for the amazing prizes we've got to give away. And uh, the commissioner, I'm really fired up to see how this looks, Reem, because there was a lot of talk about the new graphics card. It is in, and um, there the expectations for this race uh, through the roof right now on this special day yeah. with everyone in chat getting ready to go. Oh, T-Will says this is the last marble first ejection. No, the last person to complete. To, to finish. Com- to finish. To finish. So if you yeah. get eliminated, you're not eligible but yeah so we got a hundred top rope eliminated you're out so we do have um we do have 144 in i have to pick the pick the track the factory sure i, I mean don't i don't know. know any of these ones so uh, just, i don't know uh, any, the laboratory laboratory what do you call it twisted toothpick i'll do the factory that sounds fun 144 people excellent all right. What's, there's a lot of people in chat. This is uh, this is hard to keep up with. T. Will I, says there is no way this doesn't crash. Yeah. Well, we'll T see. Will. T. Will. T. Will. You've been negative today. I don't yeah, know if these takes. T. We're gonna prove you wrong, T. Will. Like many of the other takes, to be honest. Yes. T. T. Will. Yeah. He's gonna about to go over the top rope. Too negative. <laughs> T. Will. Have some faith. All right. Should we start it out? Yeah, I'll put on Let's the sound do too. it. Let's do it. Friday afternoon of Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's the Marble Reese. Great prizes from Canadian Club and the Nick and Nikki DQ group. Let's do it. 
And I'll tell you what, it looks amazing on the screen right now, Remus. This is this is high-end production we've got right now. Yeah, I think it's we actually got? working here. It looks great. We've got Yakman's in there. This is a wild, wild race. There's lots going on right now. Very difficult to see who... Ryan Friesen is in first right now. Wouldn't that be funny if Ryan... Patrolman Pete's in there. Jerry can. All right. Tree G. Looks like the tree is making uh, making some moves. First place right now. Who else is in there? Rick Stockley. Wrench Doozers in the mix. Jack O'Hannon. Doug Phil. Frosty Winnipeg. All right. Uh -oh. First barrier right now. <laughs> Look tree, at this thing. Rick Frosty. I know. This is wild. <laughs> Uh-oh. The hammers. Here come the hammers, everybody. Frosty escapes, Wrench escapes. No one's really gotten whacked by these things yet. We'll see who does. All right, they're doing a jump here into this thing. Oh, my God, the factory is wild. Rene Deneau. This is the factory. Oh, there's Frosty. Oh, bye -bye. elimination. Frosty, bye-bye. There's Brent, bye-bye. Brett G, Renee. Brett also down. Oh, David Aspland. <laughs> Josh, Laurent, There he Rob. is, left, left oh, right, and center. <laughs> Everyone's going hockey guy, much... Jeff. Oh, Jordo. <laughs> there's eliminations left, right, and center Kyle. right now. Oh, there's Leanne. Okay, Leanne is in. I see Paul. Leanne is still. There's Paul uh, Yeah, Paul S. Sherheim, is that is that what it is? Paul's still in. Leanne M is still in. Travis Brocky. Just a flurry of eliminations, though. Holy smokes. Paul! Paul Skurvheim is the winner. Leanne M, second place. Who's getting the DQ cake? I think it is iHeartGaming. Just a very tight win over Renee. All right, now this is where it's going to be interesting. Now, folks, if you're still in it, you want to be last. Because whoever is the last place finisher, I'm just going to write these down. So, Paul... Yeah, if you're in here, uh, hopefully you're in here. Um, write your like social handle so we can contact you or DM us a screenshot because there's people here who don't use their real name and then they contact us like, hey, I'm uh, Spudge MC. Yeah, like iHeartGaming. iHeartGaming yeah. and who's lying? You've got a DQ cake. you got to let us know uh, how we yeah. can get that to you. And Paul Skurvheim. Yeah, Paul yeah. Skurvheim. Congratulations. And Leanne M., Paul, I've got the hoodie for you. Leanna got a t-shirt for you and uh, a little I Love Rye oh. package, including some Canadian club. Was that last? And I think I think Yakman was last. Yeah, Yakman last. I think Yakman, we've got a, a cake for you as well. So Yakman and iHeartGaming, just confirm Yakman being the last one to finish, Reem. Paul Skurfheim wins the hoodie. Leanne M wins the I Love Rye package, and we're throwing in a T-shirt as well. And iHeartGaming and Yakman, yeah, Yakman, the final one to finish. Uh, we've got uh, cakes for you. So if you want, you can uh, email us at WinnipegSportsTalk at gmail.com or send us a, a, a DM on Twitter or Instagram, Twitter preferably, and we'll make sure we get all of that. Uh, we get all of that done. Oh man, unbelievable, unbelievable race and track today and you knew things were getting crazy because it was tight and then just a flurry of eliminations over the top rope there Reem. they were like pouring over it was like water coming out of a pitcher how many marbles were uh didn't make it there to that end spot that was crazy 
Yeah, Leanne, Leanne's here. Congratulations. Yes, you did win a T-shirt and drinks. Um, get a nice little... Uh, and uh, I, yeah, Rob Mahoney, I heart gaming name is Rob Mahoney. Get out of here, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I heart and uh, yak man hit us up. We'll get you those cakes from, uh, you can pick it up at any of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Leanne M you hit us up and uh, I'll let you know how you can come by and pick up that stuff. And Paul, congratulations. You're the big winner today. Got a hoodie for you. Let me know your size as well. And uh, I think we still have pretty much all the sizes. I don't think we have any smalls. We'd have medium all the way up to double X right now. Um, so let us know on all that. Rio, you know what? What the heck? Crack a couple packs before we're done. Sure. It would be a great way to finish it off. While we, okay. hey, Everyone, give us your thoughts on the marble race today. 18th place for me. Not bad. You did, you did well, Gregory. You definitely did well. Elliot, what's up? You have a great weekend as well. Uh, Retro Winnipeg. Retro, I saw you at the ice game last night. Looking good in that jersey and hat. Great to see you supporting the team. Uh, Jeff Kabila's great work. Congrats on a Millie WST. Thank you very much. And <laughs> iHeart Gaming. Is that Patrick Liney? <laughs> I don't believe so. But Liney would certainly be welcome. Certainly be welcome here on the program. Brad Woods. Great race, boys. Even though I got blasted over the top rope. Again! <laughs> LOL. Uh, no doubt about that. Card crack. Yes, the crack pack is on. Bartholomew, great race. That was cool. And I got to tell you, I mean, uh, who is it? Schickster we have to thank for giving us the heads up on those graphic cards, Remus? Because I will say, certainly from where I was standing, like with the setup on both and watching it on the YouTube, that looked amazing, to be honest. Yeah, I had it in pretty high quality, maybe even too high. So I'm trying to get my uh, other camera here working. We'll see if I can... If I can get it, but oh, um, hey, and Jeff Bose, quick uh, thank you out there to Jeff. Uh, congratulations on the million popped in on the super chat, Jeff. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate the support. Uh, that was uh, awesome to get a super chat today on a big day for us with a million. And again, we're just getting started. Thanks to you, thanks to our sponsors. Been an unbelievable eight months, and uh, can't wait for the rest of the year. Can't wait for the first anniversary. Uh, hell, I can't wait for Monday's show, hopefully talking about some Jets and Bomber wins over the course of the weekend. Um, so just as an added little bonus before we get the podcast up, uh, Remo, with his card cam, is going to uh, fire up the crack pack. And uh, well, we'll just crack a couple packs of the Tim Hortons I'm cards, see if we can get the uh, the Patrick Line hockey hero. I'm trying to get it. I used it last night. It was working fine. It's being annoying right now. So g give me one last try, and if I can't get it, well... Then uh, we'll do another time. Hold on. Uh, my apologies. Can't wait for the anniversary show with all the bloopers. That's that's going to be like a 10-part series probably, yeah. Mark. <laughs> there was one other thing I want to talk about. We didn't touch on um, Hellebuck's new Heritage mask. And I'm Saturday, no, Tuesday's the Heritage game against St. Louis. Man, I don't know what the hell's going on with this thing. Oh, really? They're not rigging? Well, you know what? Just, just don't even worry with the camera. Just open oh, it no, up. Oh, no, but then uh... people need to see my hands. I, no one cares about the cards. I can, I can handle not seeing your hands. I Everyone... don't think there's a bunch of people with hand fetishes that are hanging around to the end yes. of the program just in the odd chance you might crack a couple packs. No, they all need to see the hands. Hold on. I'll <laughs> try this one more time. I don't know why it's not working. Oh, well. Okay, iHeart Gaming, perfect. Thank you. For, uh, we'll send that back to you. We'll get that done up. Um, and actually, while you're there, uh, just um, also send us uh, of the... Uh, well, I'll send you the message back, but you just got to let us know which uh, which uh, Nick and Nicky store you want to pick up from. 
Okay, here, I got it. We're, we're golden now. All right, let's see. Finishing up post-marble race. This is the marble race post-game here. Uh, the Michael Remus hand cam. For all you people that thinks Remo's hands are just wonderful, we're, we're you know we're probably going to be getting a uh, manicure sponsor out of these hits for uh, because of the, it'll I, pay for all the hockey cards. We better. What's a Nick and Nikki store? Uh, says iHeart Gaming. That is the people. Who oh, that's own one DQ. of the four. Yeah, that's one of the four DQs. Our sponsor, the DQs. And you're going to get it at either the Neverville store, the DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park or DQ St. Anne's. Uh, well, Nick will send you a message, but you just let us know which of those four uh, that you'd like to uh, that you'd like to pick it up at. And that goes for you as well, Yakman. Hit us up with a message. Yakman. All right, well. I don't know. Sports, I, I, his hands are not as good as the sideburns. I agree. I mean, the sideburns are good. I'm so annoyed about this. I'm sorry. Jeez. I had a working, I used to. You know, it after yesterday. the incredible technological victory of the new graphics card and the marble race, we now finish with the uh, not able to get on the hand cam. What about the typing cam? Is that basically the same cam? It's Just the same camera. It it's, my, it's my phone, yeah. So I'll, I got it here. We're fine. It just takes As I a said, bit. You're just trying to stunt your hands. I mean, I think you'd easily open a couple packs and show off the cards. It's not as good camera, without but... the hand cam. You need need the hand cam. Leanne, guess what? Did you get my email? We have not checked the email because we're literally still talking live on this stream right now. Yeah, but I assure you, if you sent it to that address, once the show is over, we will get that email. And I will personally reply to you ready and you can uh, you can come and pick it up soon uh, all right we'll uh, whenever that whenever that works for both of us we'll do a couple uh, all of right. these here's the hands i'll try to hide my eczema so people don't see it but um... <laughs> people are hey, like are asking me if i had uh complimenting my hands i was like that's the... i just show in the parts the nice parts there's parts it's not all all pleasant but <laughs> I'm, I'm a nail biter i'm glad I, i'm glad i'm not on there Let's open these. What's the popular one of these? What's the popular one? The uh, the hockey heroes are okay. the ones that were like last year where they had the three players on the one team. Those are the rare ones. Yeah. Um, and that, that's probably the best insert that you can get, I think. Philip, Philip Forsberg. Forsberg. Man, those cards are nice. I have to They're say. They're really nice. I like when you go like this and they change colors. Yeah. Okay, we got Forsberg. Forsberg. Oh, oh, I got one. Boom. Oh, what a Monaghan. Oh, man, what a pull. <laughs> Nicely done. Probably is, at the lower end that, of the Hockey Heroes set, that, but those are the, all $20, $25 cards, I think. I mean, uh, people will need those to complete complete their sets. Wow, I, one for one. I sold one of the Lightning Trios last year on Facebook Marketplace for 20 bucks, so uh, I can get some more packs with this. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. too bad it's Monaghan. Uh, that is too bad. Sorry, uh, Sean Monaghan. But... Yeah, oh, you know what? He doesn't get any, any respect. What do we got here? Yeah. Pavel Buchnevich, yeah, one does, of the new members of the St. Louis Blues. Doesn't even play on there anymore. So uh, I'm going to put this in it. What, I put this in a top loader now? Do I put it in a penny sleeve? What's you know, the... Uh, you can uh, you can do it, but I would say get a sleeve for sure. But okay, okay crack put, one more pack before we go. Yeah, Folks, before, don't forget tomorrow. Uh, just check my... I'm going to get these odds for this Jets-Bombers parlay. We'll get Bombers to cover 11.5. We'll get Jets to win on the money line. Oh. And we'll get it boosted, so we'll have that uh, at Coolback. Wa Waverly up. West Wingman says, I op I messed up the corner with my opening style. Seriously? Ah, <laughs> oh, geez. It's oh, a good no. Thing that, good thing that they're... Uh,
Yeah, there, we'll Remus's personal cards, so he'll have to he'll have to. What's live my with what's that. wrong with my opening style? I I, I think apparently it's fine. you messed up a corner. Oh, we just saw what that was. All right, we Another got Forsberg. Gabe Velarde. Gabe Velarde, and we got a what's this? Ooh, Alexis Lafreniere promotion. Is this good? Promotion. I think that's just another one of the neat inserts. The hockey hero is definitely the one that you want, but uh, but that's a nice one too. Yeah. And then uh, I've somehow got two Philip Forsbergs in two packs. Two Philip Forsberg, great. People are commenting on my uh, my hairy knuckles. Was... Yeah, well, exactly. As People I said, sh- you know, there's going to be a full hand makeover at some point yeah. for Remus as we continue this. But uh, listen, I had a little fun screwing around at the end of the program. We should get out, though, so we can get this podcast up right away. For all the winners, Leanne and stuff, I'll get to your messages after the program. Uh, don't forget, if you missed it before and you want to go to, if you've got some kids, you want to take the kids to the ice game, I've got four tickets for Sunday as well as two tickets for the Bomber game. Want to make sure we get it out to one of our listeners that can use it. Thanks again to BA for setting us up with those tickets. Um, I'll do a little tweet announcing who the winners are, but you can get at me at Hustlerama on Twitter or Instagram. And uh, other than that, folks, thank you again. So happy to get to that million number. A big, big day for us today. Couldn't do it without you and couldn't do it without all of our sponsors. Not Autocorp, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports since day one, along with the Nick and Nicky DQ group. And of course, some of our newer sponsors, Culligan Water, Manitoba Battery, Princess Auto, and our great friends at Little Brown Jug and Canadian Club. I have a feeling quite a bit of those will be uh, enjoyed over the course of the weekend. And, of course, our partners at Cool Bet Canada. We'll get that Peg City Parlay up before tomorrow, and you can ride with us. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks to Jay Zawatsky, Kirk Contois, Ed Tate, and all of you for making us a part of your day. We'll be back here on Monday at 1 o'clock, wrapping up a wild weekend for our Winnipeg teams and much more. Enjoy it. Enjoy the games. And we'll see you Monday on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Oh, my God. Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.